Hi and welcome to this week's Three Legs Four Wheels F1 podcast. It's Paul here with Sean and Lee, and that's it. It is. Yeah. Wow. Um, Dan has worn himself out doing a forty-mile training ride, riding up hills in torrential rain. Crazy. Yep. And Chris, unfortunately, is otherwise occupied tonight. Mm. But I think we can say get well soon, Dan. Absolutely. <laughs> because he is. He, he's either he's trying to do some kind of self harm by this doing this hundred mile bike ride because mm-hmm. he went over the the second biggest hill on the island in the rain. Yeah, is that the first biggest hill? It's being a mountain. Well, yeah, I think <laughs> he's a mountain, technically, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you wanted to go up the first biggest hill because I don't think you can legally at the moment. You, uh, no, cycle, cyclists are banned because the first biggest hill's on the TT course. Yeah, and the road's one way and. Cycles aren't allowed, so we're just waiting for the first cyclist to be arrested for riding the wrong way up it. It will, it will happen. Yeah. But talking of closed roads, it was Monaco this weekend. Ah, road see, racing all round. See what I did there? Mm. Um, not a dull drab procession. That was all right, wasn't it? It was a bit procession-y, but it was tense. There was, there was a lot to get. I, look, I, I, I don't think I can keep this podcast going till the end. <laughs> I think I've started this race review on the wrong strategy. Mm. I'll I'll try, but on your own, I be it. I think he does it for for other people listening. He is, I think he's playing to the camera a little bit. I think, play, I think he's playing to the camera, and I think he's playing to the other drivers. Yeah, I think. trying to wind Verstappen up yeah. or Red Bull rather. But the because if he by by saying things like that, maybe it makes Max leave it an extra couple of laps before actually having a go at him. Because if he thinks he's going to pit anyway, or there's a chance he's going to pit, then why would you like risk a move? Oh, it's it's, it's, it's complete... Verstappen though, isn't it? He'd have probably gone for it either way. I don't think he'd care for new, something like new, that. New Verstappen, New Verstappen's a careful boy. Well, <laughs> you heard the heard the message, uh, the radio message to Verstappen about mm. uh, what to do about Hamilton. <laughs> yes, and. Uh, you can you can wait till he pits, or you if he needs to pit again, or you can overtake him and drive off into the distance. Be careful. Yeah, <laughs> Verstappen's race engineer is a comedy genius. He constantly comes out with great shit like that. <laughs> Kimmy was a comedy genius again this weekend. Yes. Did Did you hear that? Uh, no, I. I, I, uh, I heard the three hundred is just a number. You no, know, uh, uh, Stroll during yes. practice oh, blocked yeah. him. And he's, <laughs> what, what 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 was it? He say, "I've been. Uh, have you been blocked? Yeah, by one of those fuss Indians. Where the fuck they're called these days?" Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, Lance Stroll is not making not making many friends at the minute with uh, with blocking people because I mean Max had a had a real go about him in Spain, mm-hmm. and uh, well, kind of got his own back. What well, the whole he's a dick speech. He was asleep <laughs> when Kimmy uh, was it was it. He banged wheels with Kimmy at one point. Who did Grosjean nearly go into the back of? Gasly. Oh, Gasly wasn't. That's where he got his penalty. That that was some uh, that was some classic team radio. That Big, was he was genuinely terrified by that <laughs> to come around a corner and seeing a car parked in the middle of the road. <laughs> there was that many beeps on it. I actually thought that um, Grosjean was talking in Morse code. <laughs> I mean, Monaco isn't Monaco's not the easiest track to get passed on by a long way. No. Um, but when you get in, when you're making dick moves like some of the ones this weekend, I mean, two two penalties for blocking in qualifying. I, I mean, mean, it's a short track, so that you're always yeah. going to struggle to find um, track space. And don't forget, you never used to have the penalties, do you? Did you for blocking <laughs> and qualifying like that? So, mm. 
No, I mean, Charlie Whiting used to give uh, give slaps on the wrist and say, don't do it again, but it looks like things, regulations all round have been tightened up and it's now the letter of the law to the extreme. I w- Maybe. I mean, the penalties that were handed out during the race were quite lenient. The one, the Verstappen one, definitely was. I'm yeah, sure we'll get onto that more later. But yeah, I did. Say, my Twitter exploded when he only got five <laughs> seconds. I think it was fair. I think it was. I think it was okay. So it's a strange one, um, unsafe release, isn't it? Because it's you're punishing the driver, but it's not really there. It's fault. it's also not really. It's it's no one's fault because Monaco's got such a strange pit lane as well. Mm-hmm. So there's no room to go side by side. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the word the wording on the penalty was um, Verstappen was released. While a car was in the clear boxes, yeah, but the pit lanes that tight yeah. normally, and with Vettel being in as well, I think it was just ve- yeah. so busy you yeah. couldn't and really see. And then Verstappen cut into the fast lane mm-hmm. ahead of a car that he was released unsafely in front of. But there is well, there's th- no slow there's lane. no slow lane. Yeah, yeah. The slow lane is the garages basically. They're, yeah. they're racing as well. You know, it's there's got to be there's got to be some leeway for. Just competing. Mm. You've got to think as well, given how difficult it is to overtake in Monaco, mm-hmm. track position, you might still bet on yourself to make up five seconds if that's what the penalty yeah, is. Absolutely. If you're ahead on the road, it didn't happen. Um, if, given what happened to tyres in the end, if, uh-huh. he'd have, if he'd have managed to get um, Hamilton at some point, you know, he might have won the race. Mm-hmm. Mm. But I mean, the, th- the thing, the, th- the whole thing with um, Verstappen's penalty, he did squeeze Bottas into the wall because if you look, the debris came off the right side of the car. Yeah. When he clipped the wall, he didn't leave him, didn't leave him enough room when he cut in front of him. No, but to be fair, he had people on his left hand side. Yeah, True. It's, it's probably better to hit a car yeah, in a yes. driver that's very protected it's, than a mechanic. It's always that way, isn't it? If you've got like a cyclist or something, if you're just driving mm-hmm. a road car, you will generally tend to go further towards the car you know the other side of the road than the fleshy bit on the left <laughs> you say that i know a lot of drivers that don't yeah. I, I, I don't want to you should <laughs> you should you should go quite a chunk and away having done a lot of cycling in my time i've had a lot of hospital visits because of drivers that don't do that <laughs> especially the time that ended up in the back of a trailer that was attached to a land rover that didn't see me and turned a corner in front of me motherfucker yeah Ooh. that was uh, that was terrifying jesus i ended up with a police caution as well for riding without due care and attention no way yes <laughs> fuck bikes <laughs> fuck riding them fuck driving past them <laughs> fuck them <laughs> Funnily enough, that was on my last ever training ride. Was it? Yes. <laughs> I'm sat in the back of a Land Rover that's, uh, back, well, back of a Land Rover trailer that's gradually pulling to a halt, and I'm thinking, this isn't worth it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> on this day, Paul stopped riding bikes and went and bought World of Warcraft. No, went and bought beer. <laughs> <laughs> that's the day that I discovered that sitting down beer and fried food was better than 50 mile training rides. Whoops. Are you listening, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> Shall we go team by team then? Why go not? On. Right, we will start at the back with Wow for Romeo. I know. Yeah, yeah shocking. What, what the hell? Um, what happened? What happened with Giovinazzi? He was he, he just he being got, Giovinazzi? He ran. I think he ran wide on the first lap and fell behind Kubica, and then yeah. just got frustrated, tried to force the move, and made a mess. Right. Okay. Well, is how I saw it. Yeah, I think. Um, his car was his car was down on speed, mm-hmm. so I think he'd actually done some done some damage to the actual car when he ran wide. Of course, it was down on speed. He was driving it. 
<laughs> no, we're talking about Giovinazzi first, not Kubica. Ah, uh, well, because <laughs> he was he was lapping for the majority of the race. He was lapping slower than both Williams. Yeah, and that's completely unexpected. But I think Alpha just didn't know what to do this week because with Kimi in seventeenth as well, there was no pace in that car whatsoever. No, no, and there was just no no challenge. Well, this is what I find really weird this year. It's the the midfield's so tight mm-hmm. that it's I mean take well, obviously Williams like beat somebody this weekend but uh, or a couple of people but um, it's like usually you, you just think of Williams as being the staple backmarkers who could be like the first two cars in front of them could be anyone from yeah. McLaren to Renault mm. yeah it's so weird the sort of the minor variation from each track is having a huge impact yeah. on the actual order of the field which is exciting and yeah this this week it was Alpha's turn to be the well we thought thought they were going to be the second slowest team but as it turned out the slowest yeah and yeah I, I just don't know just don't know where they got it wrong um I mean you don't often see Kimmy struggling to get something out of a car certainly not the Alpha because since the sort of the Ferrari pressure has been taken off him he's been um mind you saying that Kimmy's never been great around Monaco He's not been great, but he's never been that bad. No, but he's always been in a top-running car. True. To be, and he's, so he's ended up being mediocre around mm. Monaco. So being in a sort of midfield car, maybe it's just he, he's not. It's not his track. Possibly. Possibly. He's never won. Has he? He's never I won Monaco. He, he might have won it once. Has he? I'll talk much. Did he win it for McLaren? This. I I want to say he possibly did win it with maybe. McLaren, but I will double check. While you're, while you're checking, yeah, talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, while, while you're checking, we'll uh, we'll move up to Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, Kubits are in 18th, not last for the first time this season. No, did you hear the pit communication with them? The, no, the Kubits, the Kubits are one. Yeah. Where it's kicking off. Yeah. Yes, um, is is uh, spoilers for like when we moved up a little bit. When Hamilton was driving as slowly as he possibly could mm-hmm. in free air, George Russell was the quickest man on the track, and I um, Kubica was also in free air, and they radioed Kubica saying, "George is now now lapping the uh, now the fastest man on the track. We can push on these tires." To which Kubica replied, "Yeah, I know. Uh, I basically said, I know what I'm doing." Oh, this is a different bit to the one I've yeah. heard about. Oh. This this uh, under the safety car, um, Russell got pitted, and Kubica didn't, even though Russell was first. I'm um, sorry, Kubica was ahead at that point. That was before. The tangling with Giovinazzi. Right. Um, so yeah, Kubica kicked off basically because he thought since he had track position, he should have got first call mm. on the pits. But they brought in Russell, um, Kimi Raikkonen. By the way, two thousand and five Monaco Grand Prix with McLaren. Oh, all right, okay, cool. So it has been a while. Mm. Um, I mean, everyone expected Kubica to really struggle. I think, Monaco, well, but. I mean, um, he was behind what we think was an alien Giovinazzi. Yeah, it doesn't help as well when you do get a Giovinazzi in the back end. Yeah. It doesn't really help your day. But George Russell being quickest on track, finishing 15th. Mm. And legit- genuinely caught that train, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, legitimately catching and being faster than a racing point. Yeah. Um, and reg- regard- when you look at the car he's got, mm-hmm. regardless of it being Stroll that's in that car, you know, it's... It's an impressive drive. That that's probably unless something um, dramatic happens to that car and you get like a Hungary or something where a driver can make the difference. 
Um, that's probably going to be the most impressive drive he has all year. 200 to 1 it was for uh, him to score a point. Wow. Bloody <laughs> <hell>. <laughs> one more decent crash and he'd have not been all that far off. Five more. Well, no, you can, yeah. you can, you can lose three cars in a crash, <laughs> easy. Yeah. yeah, but he had a train of five cars in front of him. Well, yeah. all, if they all go all into each, each other, other out. Yeah. You know, all, all, all it takes is one one mistake at Raskas and we saw that. I'd argue that uh, he was low-key contender for driver of the day doing that, you know. He'd see, he seemed to just have a very quiet not involved in anything, keeping out of all the skirmishes, mm-hmm. just kept the car on the track, got it round. Yeah. But yeah, ca- catching the um, catching that long train towards mm-hmm. the end, and he was actually a genuine contender with at the, matching the pace of the cars in front of him. See, I, I mean... I mean, I know Monaco's a, Monaco's a great leveller. And mm-hmm. ha- uh, who who was it? Who was slowing it down because... Was, was it Raikkonen? Was, was that it Raikkonen? before he pitted? Was that when he was on his, his yeah, death tyres? Yeah, it was, it was Raikkonen on um, on dead tyres. Because mm. even, I mean, he was flapping faster than Hamilton, but Bottas wasn't in the queue, was he? There was a there was a reasonable gap between him and yeah. uh, Gasly, and then there was a massive gap between him and uh, between Gasly and everybody else. Yeah, yeah. that's because Gasly had the mm-hmm. had a, a late pit stop, didn't he, to get the fast lap? Mm. Oh, well, I've place, decided so. over the course of the season we're going to find that the fast lap point gets renamed the Gasly point. It's going to be the driver in fourth or fifth or Which sixth is going most to be times, Gasly. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't catch the guy in front. Yeah. 40 seconds ahead of the guy yeah. behind come in what new tyres I've got a spare set yeah he's going to end up with, with like an extra 10 points over the course of the year <laughs> well that was that was his sec- second fast lap of the season mm. out of 6 yeah so he's definitely he's definitely working on it uh, racing point next Stroll in 16th and now here's another driver that's always been crap at Monaco oh. <laughs> and I've, get, I've given up counting now on um, how many races it is since he last made it into Q2. I think, did we decide it was 11? I think we decided it was 11. Who's this? Stroll. Stroll. Yeah, well, it's weird though, isn't it? Because it's the, the other street circuits he goes quite well yeah, at. Yeah, Azerbaijan he goes mm. really well at. Yeah, but you only make 90 degree turns in Azerbaijan. That's and then you true. press the accelerator. In Monaco, you make various small turns, sometimes big turns, press the accelerator. Oh, hang on, no, lift off, it's a corner. Mm. We'll see if he's made any improvements in Canada because he generally goes quite well in Canada, doesn't he? Well, last year he went into the wall, courtesy of Hartley, I seem to recall. But he, he qualified well, though, didn't he? I think he, so. he qualified well and... He got um, his first point there, didn't he? I yeah. Think. Yeah, yeah two, two years ago he scored his first point, but we're going back to your home fans always, the, yeah. the, the worth an extra couple of tens. Mm. Unless you're Leclerc. Yes. But what's, like, what's going on with that racing point, Force India... They, they they were doing a bit in the paddock this week with Sky when they were like, oh, and look at look at their lovely new um, hospitality suite. And it's like, is that really the highest priority for them right now? Well, they've got a whole new car coming, haven't they? For, yeah. For um, but they've Germany. also it's like, what are you doing with your money? Invest it. Get the car right they first. Are, you can feed doing, people but, in I mean, any have, shed. Have they um, have they basically done all the can? Because I mean this. This current car is is B spec last year's car. Yeah, and last year's car was massively underfunded because Force India didn't have any money. Well, they pro- there's probably been no development went into this year's car until after all the uh, like the dots were eyed. Yeah, which yeah. would have been you know. sort of Septemberish, wasn't yeah. it? Which normally kind of it's, June is. is... It, it fully exists in computer form by yeah. then. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if if the work didn't start, I mean, if they if they're bringing out. I think we really should call it the 2019 spec car in for Germany. Germany. Yeah, probably. Because, I mean, this 
this is 2018 and a half. Mm. And, you know, I, I think we'll see the usual what Forsinder have done again this year, which is jump up after the summer break. Well, yeah, I mean, hopefully, you if they've actually got some money to put into it as well, um, you know, it's, you'd hope that, they're going to, that it will be a substantial jump forward, but I don't know. This with having you can throw all the money at it that you want, but if you haven't actually got the time to develop to develop the full concept, oh, that's which what I mean. Is, whether it be, be yeah. late, like the new car that comes, if this is going to, if we're saying they're like X amount behind in the car, mm-hmm. Germany is probably about the right time that they wanted Australia to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but is is then the more sensible answer just to go well? We're that far behind now with the car. If we keep developing this year's car, we're going to be late with next year's car. Not, Do we I, just not with static it rules because it's pretty much static into you next reckon? year, isn't it? You know, with the with the twenty twenty one rules. This is true. Yeah, I think a twenty twenty cars are going to be very big, similar, big so they might as well learn what they can. Fair enough. So it's it's giving them a disadvantage, but the uh, the new the new project that's coming out from them for Germany will have all the right slots to fit the 2020 parts mm. in as everyone's car on the grid has got at the moment you know they're effectively they're not saying it but they are designing a car for everyone's driving a car that's going to be around for two years yeah i think i think you probably bang on there um especially mercedes they seem to have such like good performance i can't i can't see them doing anything else ferrari aren't gonna aren't gonna wreck a chance of like bouncing back properly in 2021 to have a go in 2020, I wouldn't have thought. No, they've got mm. plenty of other opportunities to wreck the chances. I know, yeah. <laughs> so, Creating s- new ways every yeah, there's, race. There's so many seconds in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put the wheels on sideways. See, if that improves drag. <laughs> but yeah, the total, total non-weekend, really. Perez wasn't... Well, Perez had the shitting the pants incident with the marshals, didn't he? Yeah, so, oh, that was that, terrifying. That was, that, was, that was one hell of a reaction from him. And that's not the first time in the weekend that we'd seen like a kind of weird incident with marshals because there was a thing in the F two race, yeah. wasn't there, where they're trying to push a car out with a chicane as cars are still turning it down. So what is going well, on? I noticed the um, when they were trying to get rid of some of the debris on the track uh, mm. during the safety car. And just after the swimming pool, the swimming pool chicane, they were, they were, they were all a bit squirrely on that big long straight as well. Mm. And then it was it, with it being blind there, one guy kept running out into the middle of the road to see if the cars were coming down. And he thought, well, fuck, well, if if those cars happen to come at the time when yeah. you're at the barrier, and then you run into the middle of the road, that car's going to come at you pretty fucking fast. Yeah, yeah, I mean, even under, even under a virtual safety car. They're still going to be going over 100 mile an hour. Yeah. It, you know, it looks slow. Yeah, yeah. Because well, of the speed that you're mm-hmm. used to seeing the cars at. But in real life, it isn't. Well, you've got to think of it when the like, pit lane is 60 mile an hour, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So they're going quicker when they're under safety car uh, safety car situation than they are in the pit lane. So it's, you know, 60 mile an hour is not slow. You don't want to get hit by a car at 60 miles an hour. <laughs> no. reminds, reminds me of that um, Top Gear story. James May was testing the um, Koenigsegg. Oh, on I remember this one. The, the <laughs> test track that's that long, they actually had to fit the curvature of the earth into it. <laughs> it you can't see the end of it, can you? Because yeah. it's, it's perfectly flat, so it curves with... It the, actually goes over the horizon. That? It's somewhere th- in Germany. Somewhere in... I think it's... Do Volkswagen own it? I think they do. That's yeah. crazy. So he'd just been doing... 
sort of drag runs up and down and hitting the top speed, which in a Koenigsegg is something like about 260, 270 miles an hour. I remember this now, yeah. And uh, he, was co- he was coming into the pits and he thought he was going really slowly. And... Um, he was going to jump out of the car while it was while it was still moving, yeah. as it was slowing up, and he un- he undid uh, undid his harness, and he had his hand on the door handle and thought, right, I'll just check it, just check how slow I'm going because I could jump out here, and he was doing seventy. Shit, it's just because he's, he's used to going. Yeah, that your fast. brain catches yeah. up because yeah. because he'd been he'd been maxing it out like yeah. two hundred and fifty miles an hour. He thought he was doing about five, <laughs> and he was he was doing seventy. Yeah. So that that is that is why the safety car and virtual safety cars look bloody slow. But if you think about it, a bloody Mercedes SLS at full speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're sat in there. That's not going to feel slow. Well, no, that's it. He's uh, that that guy's driving that car on the limit to try and keep the temperature up in the Formula One tires. Yeah. Um. This this is why I was voted for Bert Mylander as driver of the day. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter how fast he goes. Lewis always bitches about it. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't matter, Lewis always bitches. That's... That's unfair. <laughs> is it? Yeah. You sure? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Lewis is a complaining driver. Were you watching the... Were you listening to the same race as us on Sunday? Um, <laughs> he was leading the Monaco Grand Prix. <laughs> but he was still... He was still complaining. He complained, complains constantly. But like you say, that could be the mind game. I, I also know, but I also think it's creative editing. I think there's there, there was probably loads of uh, chatter up and down the grid. <laughs> there was one bit in F2 last year, wasn't there, where George Russell complained that on the TV screens around the, the racetrack, he could only see his own... Um, radio messages getting played. I was like, why are they only playing my messages? And of course, they played that message. <laughs> uh, what have we got next? Oh, Hass. Um, K-Mag. Wheelbanger. Yes. Yeah. Perez, was it he, he tangled with? I think it was, yeah. That's two races on the trot. He's sideswiped someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, surprisingly, I was very surprised when he got his penalty... For that one, he got um, a penalty point. His only penalty point. I just assumed he would be one of the ones that's, you know, two crashes away from a ban. But... Somebody snuck in and stole the pictures that he had of Chase Carey. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> I've got the ones where he shaved. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm beginning to come to, come to agree with you about Hass have got a great car. They've just got a pair of complete turds behind the wheel. Yeah, we've always thought Grosjean is. Yeah, I mean, he, he got himself—he got himself a point. Grosjean had well, a good race, aside yeah. from Grosjean the, the incident him... with the the pit lane line. Mm. Yeah, Grosjean should have got himself two points. Yeah, but he just made a very stupid schoolboy error. Yeah, I, I I think there was a few people at Hulkenberg as well that they just didn't wi- they didn't win from the safety car. Yeah, it seems like everybody, uh, um, including Lewis Hamilton, although he didn't, he still managed to win the race. Um, everyone that pitted under the safety car seemed to have a bad time of it. Yeah. Just trying to find the just trying to find the story now, but K-Mag actually said he wanted his engine to blow up, which is not a good idea because that was a new engine. <laughs> well, because he was bored of driving so slowly. Yeah. Yeah. You, um, you, you can I, just I, I pull over, that, Kevin. You don't need to be on fire. I think there might be a like just a sprinkle of sarcasm in that one. <laughs> yeah, he said he was um, so frustrated with his disappointing Monaco Grand Prix that he hoped the engine would blow up. 
well, it wasn't Hassi's fault. Well, no, because it's a Ferrari. I think I think his quality lap was low key the best quality lap of the fucking uh, of the weekend. He that was a stunning lap to put him fifth. Did you see the onboard with him? I did not. It was near a perfect lap of Monaco. Cool. He does. He does generally qualify very well. He's just one of these. He can very quickly in a race end up in the arse end of nowhere. He is one of those drivers that I think would really benefit from a driver coach or sports psychologist. I think it's, it, it's. I mean, Grosjean says it quite a lot. I mean, the funny thing is Grosjean says that and I can't see it actually doing him any good. But um, <laughs> the Well, no, he's got a sports psychologist and a driver coach, doesn't he? But um, again, it doesn't seem to be doing him a lot of good. But he, he often says... I don't understand why other sports have like um, coaches and stuff. And Formula One, they don't because there's a bit of an... Um, I think Jensen Button was asked about it by Anthony Davidson. And he said, yeah, but it's it's really weird when another driver tries to tell you how to drive. And there's always that little mm. bit in the back of your mind which goes, yeah, well, I'm a Formula One driver and you're not. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, Gro- Grosjean's got the natural arrogance thinking that he's the, he's the best in the business anyway. French, you mean? <laughs> well, he still thinks he should be in a Ferrari. <laughs> but yeah, K Mag was K Mag was dull. Grosjean did a good job um, holding Leclerc up early on. Yes, yeah. I mean, it gave Charles Leclerc a good chance to see what the back end of his own car looks like, looking at the back end of a Haas. Mm. Charles Leclerc came across as being awfully average this weekend. You know, I think he. Well, I think he's. Oh, so not average, but impetulant. He's, Un- he, felt the pressure of the home crowd. I yeah, think. I think his head went after Saturday. Yeah. We'll, we'll get we'll get to that in a bit. But yes. um, Grosjean, I mean, a fairly decent race. He did. He was doing well to keep Ricardo behind him, mm-hmm. and losing a point for a, a daft mistake. Yeah, and Monaco, they are so tight on the uh, on the pit lane line rules. Mm. Just because you cross that line and you are into a damn, in with a damn good chance of being hit if somebody yeah. gets the first corner wrong, you know that that one's there for a reason. I don't want to come all over all health and safety about this. No, no, but it's got this rules but, control the fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like it's his, his first time in Monaco either. I'm no. sure by now he he knows how to exit the pit lane. But also, also ir- ironically, if somebody's going to get the first corner wrong and plow, plow into a car that's coming out the pits, it would be him. Yeah, well, we've seen like turn one <laughs> accidents before, and it can be a plane crash turn one oh, yeah. if you if you get a big crash there. Yeah. Um, what is it? The Johnny Chicotto eighteen car pileup in <laughs> yeah. GP two. No, but even just a couple of cars, you can have a really high speed accident. Wasn't was it a Red Bull or a Toro Rosso had a really big? I think was it Verstappen a couple of years ago. Might Verstappen, Verstappen went into the back yeah. of Grosjean, and they both yeah. went into the barrier. That's it. And Verstappen was buried in the yeah the tires. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He went into the barrier right up to the cockpit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's it. Tightly yeah. sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Renault next. First of the first of the binary teams. Ricardo finally scores points with the uh, with the surrealist helmet, mm-hmm. and Hulk. I think his helmet's cool as fuck. You know, I think it's it is genuinely cool. I I still look at it and go, Damon Hill's Brabham. No, I look <laughs> I look at it and think Nickelodeon um, cartoon cartoon it intro. Like a, it looks like cake. <laughs> it looks like someone's been a bit too crazy with the icing. Do you remember the... Um, Anyone does baking out there fancies having a go at making a uh, Danny Ricardo Rick helmet, helmet cake and sending us photos? <laughs> or remember, cake. Send us cake. Do you remember the back in um, 
like what the ba- the background for the text in the Rugrats. Yes, yeah. looks like that. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I can no, see that. Yeah, no, you mentioned it that way. I was always a Rocco's modern wife fan. Uh, yeah, like a Rocco. <laughs> Either way, it's like gnarly and mega. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just off to go play with some Pogs and drink Crystal Pepsi. I was fucking brilliant at Pogs. <laughs> I was so good. The collection I had was rivaled Aww. by nobody in the school. Didn't even buy a lot either. Won them all. Did you have all like the rare ones, all the shiny, the shiny ones? ones? Yeah, yeah. I, I had, I, I'd had a couple of, cu- couple of slammers as well. I had, a, I had a couple of reserve ones and one I really liked. <laughs> Could have gone pro if, if there was such major a thing league pops. I am so glad I was in my twenties at the time and missed all that. Tazos on the other hand, because you got those free bags of crisps. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the Tazo. Enjoyed the Tazo. Back to Renault, though. Yeah. Um, Away oh. from pro sport. <laughs> hey, don't I inadvertently was watching college lacrosse at the weekend. Um, yeah, Hulk was anonymous this weekend. Yeah, but he was another one that done over by the safety car he, thing, he, wasn't he? He was like the first to pit, I yeah. think, because he came in before the safety car came out, anticipating it. Yeah, and yeah, just which some, is a just real shame to... because when he when he was the first in, I thought this is it. Yeah, this so did could, I. This could be I his thought podium. exactly the same. And because usually, if you hit like a safety car perfectly mm-hmm. like that, you're almost guaranteed by the time everything shakes out to come out in the lead. Yeah, I until thought exactly Hulk does the same it. thing. <laughs> Is he is he starting to? Um, I hate I hate to use the term, but is he the new Heidfeld? Well, we've you've, thought this for a while anyway. Yeah, Has he I mean, not you, taken you, Heidfeld's record? Yeah, you've you've said the German Jensen Button. Yeah. Uh, I'm going for the other German Nick Heidfeld. I'd agree with you for the fact that was he wasn't um, he wasn't going up so favourably against Daniel Ricardo. What, as soon as Ricardo puts him in the shade, then yeah, he's the new Heidfeld, but. As, as long as he can keep up with him, then no. I don't think I've seen anything about damage for Hulk, but he did get a f- bit of a Ferrari in the side, did he not? I think, I think he was just stuck in that situation where he couldn't get fucking past anybody. Yeah. And I mean, he, was, I, he was in the Kimmy train at one point, I think, wasn't yeah, he? He got stuck in that pile. Stuck, be, stuck behind that. Um, Renault keeps saying that they've made improvements. And... We'll see whether they have or not in Canada because you can you can't really tell anyone's improvements in Monaco. Yeah, I mean, realistically, I think Danny should have been best of the rest if it wasn't for the way things shook out for him. I think he could have been like behind the Red Bull. I mean, he qualified better than he finished. Yeah, yeah, and um, again, stuck in traffic. Yeah, he had decent race pace when he was when he was free, and he is a bit of a Monaco specialist. Well, Paul and Paul and win there last year. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, denied denied a win two years ago. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's it's another bad week for Renault, and it was circumstances not in their control. Yeah, it's one of the reasons I still think Daniel Ricciardo is if if things work out right for him, he might be the new Jensen Button. Really, that just has to hang around until eventually the good car comes to him. Um, well, Renault keep claiming they're going to have it at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I not mean, this year. They're no, not having see, it this year. I, I wonder whether Heidfeld is too old for Renault to sort themselves out. You, know? you mean Hulk? You've started calling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've started calling Heidfeld now. It's done, isn't it? He's gone. 
because how old how old um Hulk's, Hulk and Hulk? 34 uh, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30. oh he's younger than I thought he was because is Ricardo about 30 29 I think he's oh, just he's about to be 30 I mean don't, don't forget with, or he might have just turned 30 he's don't forget with Hulk he's been around bloody years yes yeah yeah you know, he was... 15 years, 50, not 15 years, not, surely. Not no. that long, but it's... <laughs> 10 years, maybe. Good 10 years. I mean, yeah. he, was, he was, you know, he got a pole in a Williams when Williams were able to get pole. Yeah, 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 yeah. In fact, he's the last Williams driver to get pole without getting a penalty. Brazil? Was it Brazil? It was Brazil he yeah. got his random yeah. pole. Oh, yeah. it was, yeah, but he was the only one on slick tyres, wasn't he, on a wet, wet, on a drying track? Yeah. Oh, excuse me, Nico Hulkenberg is 31. Oh, is he? Yeah. So, he, so he's the same sort of age as Ricardo. Uh, Ricardo will be 30 in July. Oh, wow. Hulkenberg will be 32 in Fuck August. It, I, I took it for granted that Hulkenberg was like sort of mid 30s. Oh, well, he's still got time then. I mean, I mean don't forget, he, he won Le Mans, and Le Mans is usually won by older drivers. Yes. Did you know, true. you know that he won Le Mans? <laughs> on his own. On his own. Yeah. <laughs> no, no car, did it on a bike, uh, push bike. Did he do it in the back of, back of a trailer of a Land Rover? Though? That's the question. <laughs> So yeah, I mean he's he's been around for years and he's still got still got a good few years left in him. Yeah, definitely. And if Renault do what they have been threatening to do, I just worry that there won't be a Renault in twenty twenty one. That's why I worry for both of those guys. Renault, Renault are the only team signed up to uh, F one beyond twenty twenty. Well, so James Allen says we were reading before, but James Allen says it. He, he's sort of, he can be a bit of a hit and miss, can't he? You really don't like James Allen, do you? I started the Facebook group, which which took off as well, I might add. Uh, 2009 is going to be a brilliant year in F1. Let's make it a James Allen free zone. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is one of those, if I see something that he's saying and it's not quoted somewhere else, I do kind of yeah. mark it with a little question he's mark. He's the Daily Mail of this Formula One journalists. <laughs> Not to drop names again, but the no. um, guy doing the coffee at the Mercedes launch wasn't a fan of his because he was he got to the bar to get a coffee before me and the uh, the guy serving asked me first, so he'd obviously had a run in with him. <laughs> <laughs> He's obviously said something coffee guy didn't like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The guy let me queue jump in front of James Allen. It's like really, and this is Silverstone, bloody hell! I'm surprised he could fucking ask for anything with uh, uh, considering how hard he sucks on Lewis Hamilton most of the time. <laughs> Uh, right, McLaren next. Lando criticism time again. Think lost more places, lost another two places at the start. He yeah, but he, re- was, he, he was thrown under the bus for science, though, wasn't he? He was, but that's because of, because of his start. Oh yeah, yeah, he's bad now, start. He's now lost nineteen places. Yeah, he needs to sort b- it out before like, turn one this season. Yeah, he needs to sort it out. Um, the car's quick. We do know this. Yep, and. Because of Lando's bad start and bad track position, it let him concentrate on Sainz, who didn't actually know that the car was going to be as fast as it was. Yeah, but Sainz always does this. This is a bit of a Sainz criticism. Uh, he's He constantly complains about the car before he's even got it to the race. <laughs> Have you noticed that? He's getting his excuses in yeah, early. Yeah, it's really weird. And he, he like, it's, he's constantly, it seems like he's worried about it. And I, I, don't, I don't understand. I don't know whether it's like a mental thing that where, you know, like expect the worst and then you're pleasantly surprised at the end Spanish but it doesn't seem like the fucking mindset for a sportsman does it mind games maybe maybe I mean it, it, it could it could be mind games it mm. could just be um, 
get all that out of the way and then concentrate on the job in hand. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, whichever way, it's fantastic to see a McLaren getting more top tens. Mm. Um, the, the only thing we should remember, and I, because I know um, Lando's had two really poor starts that were his own fault, but another two of those is when he's been collected by another driver. He had the one, didn't he, where he was punted and yeah. all four wheels off the track. So I think there was another one of those as well, wasn't there? I think. He's had a couple of couple of early knocks, yeah. but it's still. But there's still been. But he's still had bad starts. And he's put himself in a oh, position yeah. where he's having he's having to fight back. Oh, yeah, but the two the two that he was collected by somebody not to be on the fucking defense for Orlando. But the two which he's been collected by somewhere, he was collected by them because he had a really good start and made up, made up positions. Do you reckon he's overcorrected then? He's thinking, do you know what? I'm just going to go a bit calmer. Maybe. Because it, it does seem to be since he got um, took out. Well, both McLarens got took out by Kvyat, doesn't it? Yeah. That seems to be when like his starts have got worse since then. Mm. Almost like he's lost a little bit of edge. Maybe. Mm. Signs' start was really good. He, um, he tweeted some of the onboard footage from it and he like yeah. just drove around the outside of everyone was it, it was Ace. Massey, the like the yes, right yeah, hand, curve left. to the left. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was fucking stunning when mm. it ran the outside. Just got there. on the outside, foot down, past everyone. I don't think I've ever seen anyone go around the outside there. Not not like he did yeah. at that point. Um so that's where Alonso went into the wall, wasn't it? Go you know, he got he got yes. offline, got on some marbles and then <laughs> gone. Yeah, I mean there's there's barely any barely any room for error. In, on that circuit, anyway, yeah. some some corners are just too tight to do anything with. Yeah, but I mean, science. Um, I think he is rightfully where he is place wise. What behind uh, best of the rest in yeah. the championship? Yeah, yeah, I think you're probably right because he's consistent. He's been consistent, mm-hmm. and we've said this about him since his uh, since he started in Toro Rosso that. He just gets on with it, does mm. it, and all of a sudden he's getting a better result than you think he's going to be capable of. I think he's uh, he's almost a bit reborn, isn't he, going to McLaren? Mm. I think the the whole Red Bull, Toro Rosso, Renault mm. situation, it can't have been easy because he was at Renault on loan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then finding out that he's not going to have a job for the following year because somebody else who was owned by the team that owned you is replacing him. Well, let's, I was just, just going to say, not having... Essentially, being the bridesmaid of that well, he, whole deal, he was deal. nearly Ocon'd, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, really? yeah, but, but he was the bridesmaid in that whole deal because McLaren, because he was like McLaren's second choice mm-hmm. and Renault's second choice if Ricardo went to McLaren. Yeah. yeah. So for for him to be the bridesmaid and it to work out in the end because mm-hmm. the McLaren looks like a better car than the Renault, that must be a bit of a boost for him. I mean, th- this is the first season that he's not had Helmut Marco hanging over his head. Yeah, yeah. Because um, even even at Renault, he was still. Owned they, by yeah. Red Bull. Red Bull fucked it there because he would be a much better guy to have in the other Red Bull right now. And they could have done that. Yeah. They could have had him instead of Gasly, but Yeah, it's it was a strange, a strange thing. I, I think that might have been a little bit of politics because when obviously Signs and Verstappen didn't always get on so well when they no. were the Toro Rosso teammates, so well, what was it? Three races in, and they were um, they were blocking each other and refusing to follow team orders mm-hmm. and let the other one through. And yeah. that's what that's when we first noticed the swear either happened. Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> and having them in having them in the same team now with it being the big boy team with a lot more at stake. 
I don't think... I know they're both older and more mature than before. I, and don't forget Red Bull have got a much better um, handle on, on handling two drivers as well. Well, at the moment, they're only having to handle one and tell the other one, put your bloody foot down. Yeah, but I mean, when you, you've had the Weber-Vettel situation, you've had Vettel-Weber. Um, yeah, Vettel-Weber, Mark and Vettel Ricardo. Ricardo. Yeah, get me Aussies mixed up. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, I, th- I think that'd have been... I, th- I think Horner could have handled that situation. Even even Ricardo Verstappen last year with, mm. with Baku. Gasly's hemorrhaging them points. He's getting there, I think. He's he's now solidly coming in as the last of the front runners, but he is at least now in the front runners. Yeah, but again, he'd have been sixth if uh, if Leclerc hadn't have um, fucked himself, which is the mm. last of the front runners. Yeah, but it's but when your teammate is outperforming the car, fighting for a win, mm. and I still think if Ricardo was in that car, Ricardo would have been behind or probably in Monaco to be perfectly honest in front of Verstappen mm. I'd argue that uh, be given how good Ricardo is he might have won that race very possible mm. he might have made a better job of the overtake on Hamilton but yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that it's yeah. uh, Toro Rosso next another double point surprisingly finish. late mm. in the order yeah so seventh and eighth um Albon he's the new science I think he's the best. I, I mean, we can't really tell what Russell's capable of being in the Williams, but uh, results-wise, you've got to look at him as being the best rookie so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's um, he's outperforming Lando, mm. um, just because he can get the car into well, a better place. I've started supporting Lando, so realistically, he might as well retire now. <laughs> <laughs> You've given him the shunt curse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Albon is... Um, he's, he's doing a bloody good job. Because he hadn't even tested, had he? Like, before pre-season, he'd never really driven a, an F1 car properly. He, I think he had... Um, I think he might have done a filming day or something, but yeah, he'd never th- done, like, a, an in-season test. I think he'd, he'd driven an old car in mm-hmm. his first stint with Red Bull. Yeah. Before, the, before they brought him back in. But he's he's bloody taken to it. Well, it's I'm sorry for this joke. I'm going to apologise for it. <laughs> uh, even though he's doing a good job, I do have a caveat to this situation. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh man! Um, <laughs> as good as as good as caveat two point oh is. Um, come on, that is quite good. <laughs> but, um, as good as um, caveat two point oh is, do we do we really look at him as being? Like a potential top team driver. They, they did say seventh is Kriat's highest ever finish as a Toro Rosso driver. Wow. So he is better than he has ever been in Toro Rosso. Because <laughs> <laughs> the bar was set so high. But for Albon to really get himself in contention for things, he's got to get on top of Kvyat yeah. before the end of the year. Yeah. And I still, I still don't think that Kvyat is going to be in uh, Big Boy Red Bull again. I think he might be. Because I, I think Red Bull are wasting... Unless Gasly can really click into gear, and what I what I really find with Gasly is when you see him in interviews and stuff, and he spoke to on the grid, he doesn't look like a guy that's going to get on top of it. He always has a slight, has a slightly sort of rabbit in the headlights vibe. Yeah, I find yeah. him. He's always a bit like, "Oh shit, you want to talk to me?" It's oh. a bit like Grosjean in that respect. Mm. You know, Gro- Grosjean, regardless of what he's saying, he always looks like he's not quite in control of the situation. <laughs> so I, unless he's in the kitchen, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> boss in the kitchen. 
Um, I don't know. I mean, there's there's four drivers pushing now for the seat in Red Bull that isn't Verstappen's. You've got Kvyat, mm-hmm. Albon, yep. Dan Tictum, mm-hmm. and now they've got Pato Award. And he's got yes. designs of coming straight into the Big Bull Red Bull team, hasn't he? He has. Um, he's going to be he's going to be doing some testing mm. later on this year, and I think all he needs is. To finish in the top five in IndyCar. He won't do that. And he'll have the super license points. Right. He's not got a full time drive in IndyCar though, so he won't. No, no, he's got a super he's got the points. Has he got oh, the has points he? for super yeah, license yeah. now? Yeah. Ah. Okay. The I think he's from Indy Lights. I, I don't know, but it's it, it it was something he'd done another type of motorsport or something like okay. that. It Fair was point. I saw it it was on the uh, Formula One app. Like you know, like the, mm. the paddock pass thing. Yeah. And they they checked it up and yeah there, there's something there was something series odd. somewhere yeah. or other fair so enough. yeah no no he can drive tomorrow if if they want to put him in right but no the, um, they were saying on the IndyCar coverage last night and it was um, Lee Diffie that was saying it who was the lead commentator for Formula One for quite quite a long time yeah. when it was with NBC worked a lot worked a lot with Sean Kelly obviously mm-hmm. and is very trusted in what he says. And yeah, it looks like he's going to be doing uh, he's going to be doing some testing for Red Bull, so we'll probably see him in Hungary. And there is a Pirelli test that Red Bull are taking part in after Paul Ricard as well. Yeah. So expect to see him in Formula One machinery soon. And if he does a good job of that, that's Dan Tickton falling even further down the pecking order because he needs to win Super Formula to even even get close to being in F one. Yeah. Um. I see. This is what. I mean, Dan Tickton kind of fucked himself, didn't he, by yeah. by, by the ban? But I, I'm I'm really not into this point system for drivers that are clearly capable of getting into mm. Formula One. Like Dan Tickton is capable to be a Formula One driver right now. Yeah, you know, it's not it's not right. In it, I was talking about the IndyCar driver as well. I think there should be some sort of thing where, if you look at like a lower formula, fair enough, like like GP two, GP three, European Formula, whatever it's called now. Um, I think there should be some sort of point system, but if you are in like WEC or uh, IndyCar, or like there should be a premier class, or even Formula E, you know, if you count mm-hmm. that as a premier class racing, there should be like a premier class exemption. If you've like, could you imagine if someone had uh, comes into um, IndyCar? late in the season and wins like three or four races but doesn't quite have the points to come to Formula One. Mm. It's it's silly. It's a silly yeah. rule. Yeah. Yeah, it, it needs an overhaul. But it's ironic that the the whole super license points was purely designed around stopping Red Bull from doing another Verstappen. Yeah, but the thing is, Verstappen worked. Yeah. So if Verstappen had come in and like killed more people than a nuclear bomb, I could understand it. <laughs> and and for all for all fairness, like it did look like he might do at one point. I mean, for the for the most part, it stopped really shitty pay drivers from coming in. Yeah, and Sean Galeal is one that probably springs to mind that mm. if he had the super license points, Toro Rosso he, might have gone for him. Yeah, he mm. is the new Esteban Tuero in waiting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which most people usually had to wait behind Esteban Tuero while they removed his car. But you're only, you've only got to do a certain amount of races in a class, don't you? You don't have to be successful in it. No, no. you have to finish in a certain standing. Oh, it's yeah, down, right. it's down yeah. championship standings. Right. See, I think the, uh, the if it was me, I'd have an FIA 
laden Formula One car and lash yeah, well, lash Hamilton in it or something like that, so you get a baseline of what you, what that car will do. And no, then... no, you, you get the most you get the most average driver on the grid. So Grosjean. So you get yeah, but you need to make sure the car gets around the full lap in one piece. <laughs> you get someone with the driving abilities of Grosjean, but not the crashing abilities. Magnussen. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Magnussen's fine as long as no one else is near him. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. He is as beige as Nico Rosberg's suit. Yeah. In <laughs> fact, all you need to do is start the car and then leave the circuit. Not even have any mechanics there. <laughs> just leave just, just leave the stopwatch going. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then if you have, say, somebody come in, they have to lap within X of what the target time is. Seven percent just to keep yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you qualify. Keep it with qualifying. Yeah, yeah like that. So yeah. That 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 would work. I mean, they, they did something similar for um, picking the drivers in W Series. Mm-hmm. And all right, they went a little bit further than that with like media testing and yeah. driving in. They had like driving on two wheels at one point. I think they had like they what, took the dri- front was... wheels off and just put casters on or something. Yeah, it was they were, very they were bizarre. Dri- yeah, they put back back wheels on skateboards or something, something. like that. Yeah, it it is a little bit uh, reality TV or or isn't it? You know the, the way the way that they. That they start doing the sim work straight after yeah. the race <laughs> by sim work esports. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, the you know there there are now I would say officially four drivers fighting for the second seat in that Red Bull. Five if you include Gasly because he's got to try and keep his job. Yeah, well, I mean he's obviously there. I I don't think unless something miraculous happens to him over the year, um, I don't think he'll be in that car next year. I mean it's it's very hard to compare. Compare him against teammate to teammate when your teammate is something completely special. Um, Daniel Ricciardo was comparable to to him. Ricciardo was comparable to Max Verstappen. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Ricciardo's on the potential world championship winning level as well. But that's Ga- what they're looking that, for. That's what Red Bull want in that but car, that, that's, isn't it? That's the problem. And if he doesn't turn out to be... Well, Gasly is a perfectly cap- capable um, midfield driver. Yeah. But the problem is... They're not a midfield team. They're not a midfield team. And I I think he's above his pay grade. I think he was was brought up too quickly. Yeah. Yeah. This this is the problem with... uh, But don't forget, at the time, they didn't have anyone else. But no, this... this the, is the problem with Toro Rosso. This is the problem with Toro, with Red Bull always wanting to go for a Toro Rosso driver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not it's not ideal. I mean, I still stand by uh, Red Bull should have took uh, Alonso. It, it was a no lose situation taking Alonso in that team. If Alonso um, if Alonso beats Verstappen, then you praise Alonso for being the best driver in, in the world. You'd have he'd probably have out. Quality, he might have won Monaco, for instance. Um, if Verstappen beats Alonso, then you turn around and say, Our oh boy just beat the guy that you think is the best driver in the world. Mm, it was a no, no lose situation, mm. but have, they have to use the junior feeder program. I have a different theory on Gasly. I think he wasn't brought up soon enough. I'm going back to when he won GP2. He went off blabbing about, Oh, I'm definitely replacing Do you think Fiat he was next year. And he got sent to Super yeah. Formula, didn't he? Rather than Just getting that seat. Just sent to be the death. That's what... Uh, is it? Is Tickton in Super Formula? is in Super Formula. Formula. It's not going so death, well for him. It? Yeah. But yeah, I think if they'd have actually put him in F1 the year he came in towards the end of it and gave mm. him that full season, he'd obviously be a little bit further along. So should the rules for GP uh, uh, F2 be shuffled and F2 and F3 be shuffled that you win the World Championship and then you can be in... Um, 
GP2 or sorry F2 in your championship year, so you have a driver you the, you have you can have the number one like world champion on the grid. I think I think that would make a lot more sense because gives them a year to try and find out where they're going. Yeah, yeah. You know, let let um, let someone by, defend by the, time, the championship once. Yeah, because yeah. by the time you are champion, like this year, you didn't know who champion was until right at the end of last year. Sorry, you didn't mm. know until the final race. Yeah. At which point George Russell is then looking at a grid that's quite full already. Yeah, yeah. He, well, George Russell was trying to trying to win the F2 championship and mm-hmm. trying to work out where he was going to be yeah. if he won the F2 championship. But yeah, by that point, so many slots have been filled up. Yeah. If you're suddenly like, shit, I need I need a different then drive for next Williams. year, you've yeah, not got so I mean, many choices. I think Lando, Lando was signed before the uh, end of the F2 season. Yeah. yeah. He, you know, he was, he was announced very early. Um, I think I think Lando knew what was going on when we interviewed him because he even said that his career depended on what Alonso wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. and that was you know before he even started that season of racing. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think having to having to leave F two and have a completely uncertain future when if it's meant to be the feeder series into F one, there aren't any seats available. Maybe there should be an FIA car. For the F2 winner, we've said we've, we've have said, we d- have we've you said discussed this, this before. We've or said I'm this not before. Here for this one. Um, yeah, I think I think it's a good idea. Um, you know, give the give the top two in the F2 championship a guarantee. You know, a guaranteed seat. I like it. I just don't understand what that does to the constructors' championship. Yeah. They just wouldn't count for points towards it, I guess. It'd just be a yeah, then but, standalone thing. But then, I mean, how? To, if you are essentially throwing a car together mm. to to put some in it, then how competitive would it be? And yeah, if, yeah. I mean, if, you, it, if it was competitive, then the other teams will say, "Well, of course it's going to be competitive." They know what the, they knew what the rules were going to be twelve months beforehand. Um, I'd. I'd argue that maybe it'd work if it was it'd work in a spec series. It would work in yeah. a spec series. It's it's a, it's a non-perfect system, isn't it? Really, I don't mm. think there's one solution. But no, I th- I, th- I think the best way to do it is let the F two champion defend the title if they haven't been offered a seat. What if he was part of a young whatever driver program? If he was already affiliated with a Formula One team, make it make it so every team has to sponsor. A driver in a certain way. I don't mean sponsors in like financially sponsor mm-hmm. them. And then if their said sponsor wins the uh, wins the F two championship, they can run a third car that doesn't score constructors points. But then you game in, are you? Because they've got an extra car. You've yeah, got, yeah. But then, there is then no the prob- perfect solution. Work, no, then, the problem, then the problem is the extra cost of actually running three cars. Mm-hmm. And well, I mean that would be cheaper than running a team for the FIA. The the oh, the FIA yeah. could financially compensate them. But then, like I say, you've got one team's got three cars in the grid and all of a sudden their GP2 champion gets told to drive it clean into the side of the first Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think the only sensible way is just to keep the keep the F2 winner in F2 for one more season. Yeah, allow, allowing him to work out where he's going to go next. Yeah. It, it makes sense to me. Because, because then it... Then, you en- then you'll end up with the possibility of somebody of the quality of George Russell in a car that he actually deserves to be in rather than struggling round at the back. Being outscored and outpointed by two drivers that um, he proved that he was better than last year in identical machinery. Yeah, yeah. This did happen a few years back in Moto Two, which is like the for for the non motorcycle fans is same thing feeder series into Moto GP, 
um, where Tito Rabat won the title, just didn't get any interest from MotoGP at that point and defended his title. Yeah. Didn't win it again the next year, but it kept him it, it kept on him, the it, radar and he is now in MotoGP, so he just needed that extra year. Yeah. No, I I, I, I think that would work. I mean, yeah, obviously what they're trying to do with F2 and F3 is a definite career path into F1, but... It seems to be more of a feeder series now than it has been in the past. Well, we've got we've got yeah. three drivers yeah. from last year. Again, I think that's year. down to the change in the point system, though, because it's cut off other options. Yeah, I think it's down to the change in the point system and the fact that that year we did happen to have a lot of talent in F2. Yeah, yeah I mean, the level of talent in F2 isn't... It's not the same as it was last year. No. no. I, I think you've got... It's the leftovers that are doing well, isn't it? It's Latifi and DeVries. It's people who were kind of, mm. eh, last yeah. year. And now you've got somebody like Raganathan in there Ooh, who... such a wild ...was God. six <laughs> seconds off the pace at the weekend. Wow. Yeah, I made, a, I made a joke on Twitter about after he crashed and his car was being uh, craned away, telemetry said that's the fastest he'd gone all weekend. <laughs> but it's the same as Julian Palmer, isn't it? He he won GP2 mm-hmm. when the you know the likes of Roman Grosjean and um, what's his name? Stoffel van Dorn had won their championships and disappeared. Mm. And then you get Davide Valsecchi who won GP2 and there was nowhere for him to go and he ended up retiring. Good. <laughs> <laughs> did you enjoy watching Kimmy dump him off the back of a jet ski this weekend I, no I saw him and I stopped watching <laughs> you, you're really not a fan are you no I can't stand him <laughs> I cannot stand him and I, I, the funny thing is apparently, I, I, I just love the way he's complete marmite apparently you know, apparently he's a lovely bloke I just can't stand his voice I don't want to listen to the man <laughs> like if you like, I, I, I mean I can only speak English and some would say borderline but, um, well, I, the generous ones. Yeah, but I, I, I thought you were going to go say the majority. But um, if you've got uh, if you've got a man that he's, he's Italian, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Massively. Right. So <laughs> either speak Italian or speak English. Don't try and do the same by both of them at the same time. That's my problem with him. <laughs> he's passionate. He's enthusiastic. He, he brings the Italian persona to his English language commentary very yeah. much so. When I was interviewing Charles Leclerc on the um, on the grid a couple of years ago, next to um, one of Leclerc's um, sponsor logos on the car, that uh, oh, the clothing yes. company Italian Gestures, and that was the most Italian thing that had ever been seen on any <laughs> grid anywhere, including Ferraris at Monza in front of the Tifosi. I can't help but feel... We got sidetracked somewhere along the lines. Uh, were we talking about Toro Rosso? Maybe. I we, think we were, we talking, were talking about Toro Rosso. We were talking about Toro Rosso. <laughs> Back to an Italian team. Yes. Um, Full so circle. Yeah, yeah, Kvyat 2.0. Best, best result in a Toro Rosso. Yeah. Um, he's, he's stopped running into people as much. Since the McLarens. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I said as much. <laughs> he just seems like a different guy. See, that's, that's another person I think is... Like, Maybe you're right about Gasly. I don't know. Maybe it's the super firm formula curse, but he seems like a driver that was brought into Formula One too early, like a year too early. He just seems like such a more mature driver now. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, he replaced John Eric Verne, didn't he? No, he was alongside John Eric Verne. Mm. John Eric Verne oh, and yes. Kvyat yeah. replaced Algasuari and Buemi. Yes. I think. And we said at the time they promoted the wrong one to Red Bull. Yeah. 
I think is that a com- is that a common theme for Kvyat? Everything's been too soon for him. Brought into F one too soon. Moved up to Red Bull too soon. Yeah, could be. Just yeah, the timing hasn't quite been right for him. And that year at Ferrari sorted him out. He's still quite young though, isn't he? He's still only about what twenty five, twenty six. About that, yeah. Young enough to watch Game of Thrones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but on the whole, decent, decent race for Toro Rosso. And, I mean, really, fourth, fourth best team. They technically they were best of the rest on results. Yeah. 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 All right, Ferrari. We have written down next. Um, the, the most binary of ooh, the results. Boy. Um. All right. Who's who's got theories on where they fucked up in qualifying? Um, it's not just Ferrari that fucked up. They fucked up because they wanted to keep tyres, so they had to, had time to do another run. Um, the track ramped up on them, and people went quicker than they thought they would do. But the top and bottom of it is Leclerc in that car shouldn't have been in the drop zone. True. Yeah, you know, it's Vettel was in Vettel was in trouble because he crashed in quality. He crashed in practice, and he had to go and do another, a load of laps to start with to mm-hmm. try and get his head in the game. That's why he wasn't there. Leclerc didn't have that issue. And um, I, he he screwed himself. Brett screwed Brett beforehand. <laughs> so wrestling reference, by the way. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, yeah, but I mean, you listen to the radio, and he was he was desperate to go out again. And one thing that Fer- one thing that came from the uh, from the pit wall, which was very un Ferrari, or what you'd think is an un Ferrari thing to do, but with the way that their strategy works these days, oh, we should be all right. Yeah, that but if you think not... you should be all right, get the car on the track. Exactly. That, you yeah, can yeah. always pull them into the garage and yeah. not do a lap. Yeah, but that that is just mm-hmm. that's not how Ferrari should think, surely. No. We sh- it, we should be all right. No, but um I will I'll counter that by saying I've never heard a radio communication where someone says we will be okay. That's just a turn of phrase. I it's, think. U- it's usually slightly more confident, though, isn't it? It's usually more we expect the cutoff to be this, and we're That's inside it. There's usually words a bit to mean the more. Same thing. It is, but um, it sounds a little bit more confident. But, should is very but, sketchy. But the thing is, if it's we should be all right, we might be okay. We think we'll we think we'll probably be all right. Yeah, not good enough. Go out again. Yeah, make make you are it. Right. Yeah, make it so that you. Will be all right. No, I still don't get me wrong. Ferrari were wrong not sending them out when they sent Vettel out. They should have sent both the cars out. Yeah, um, but he shouldn't have been in the position because no. he should have already been safe. Mm-hmm. I mean, what um, he was—I think he was as high as I want to say eight mm. before uh, before the time started dropping. But we see this happen every race, don't we? We see someone who's like, oh, look, some, someone's quite high up, and then all of a sudden, a bit more rubber on the track, people get their heads in because they've got yeah. a couple of laps, time starts tumbling. I but- mean, with about five minutes to go in uh, Q1, Lance Stroll was looking like he might actually make it through. <laughs> At one point, Lance Stroll was only about tenth of a second ahead of George Russell in Q1. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think... Um, I, I think Ferrari were, especially looking at the race for um, Leclerc, I think Ferrari justified in in going with Sebastian Vettel as their lead driver. With that one, yeah. I mean, that's that's the first time we've actually seen Leclerc making rookie mistakes. Um, I'm not sure about that. I mean, he, he was he was when the race finally got going, it was bloody terrible. Yeah, I think the cut, occasion... Cut the, cut the first corner... All oh, right, you get, managed to get give the places back mm-hmm. in time, 
Um, driving back to the pits way too fast. Don't forget yeah. he don't, don't forget he crashed in Baku. True. Hmm. You know, it's, this, this is the thing, right? We everybody got really excited about Leclerc in because of uh, that. That was a qualifying crash. So this is this is race rookie mistakes. I'm saying it doesn't matter. It's still it's still you know it's it's still fucks you. But uh, you know it's, we, he had that race where he should have won it and his and his engine blew up and everyone got really really excited about him. But um, it's he's shown a lack of maturity. He's shown a lack of maturity in some of the mistakes he's making, and he's shown a lack of maturity in. Fair enough. Ferrari is falling apart around him, but him falling apart with inside that building is not going to help the situation. No, no. But he com- completely destroyed the car on the way back to the pits after the puncture. Yeah, yeah. And you know, the commentators were saying at the time he is going too fast. It was a stupid move, though. It was an absolutely he he did a brilliant move on Grosjean, mm-hmm. and but he set that move up over like three laps. And then he came across Hulkenberg and just threw one at him. Yeah. It was a waste as well because he, at that point, had been making quite yeah. nice progress yeah, through yeah. the field and then just threw it all away. Other side of the garage, though. Um, Vettel inheriting second. Well, this is the most dis- uh, distressing thing for uh, Ferrari that I can see this weekend. Worse than Leclerc is the fact that they're satisfied with finishing second. And that's not the Ferrari way. Not when you had the car that they had uh, in pre-season testing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you hear what he said on the grid, which I found interesting, no. when he said about all the other teams struggling with tyres? We were struggling a little bit, but I, I was struggling getting the tyres hot. Who was that? Was that Vettel? Vettel, yeah. Okay. You know, when everyone, everyone else is like blistering and stuff mm. like that. but mm. He can't get heat. Yeah, this is their, their issue. You know, if he can't get heat over the course of a fucking race. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is this is something that we discussed with uh, Scarbs last week about yeah. Ferrari just cannot get the heat into the tyres. Mm-hmm. And you add that to the strategy. Drivers making daft mistakes. Yeah, bloody shamble, shamble city. But what? I, oh no, that's York. <laughs> what I think is is the fact because he was so calm and collected and reasonably happy to finish second in Monaco, he came across as a man that knows he can't win a champ for the championship. I mean, I think realistically he can't. Yeah, I think yeah it but, is gone. But to think that at this time of the season, yeah, in what? We're not even not even a third of the way in in the Ferrari. Yeah. Does, so does that mean that he knows? For internally, that whatever's wrong with that car and why they can't get their heads around what's wrong with the tires, does he know that this is the season? That this is where Ferrari are. There's not nothing they can do to sort that issue out. Possible. It could be. I mean, now you mention it, yeah, it does seem like really, he. Was, it's, it's not like he, it's not like he's checked out, but he's kind of resigned yeah, to yeah. his yeah. place. It's, it's that period of, that period at work where you've handed your notice in. I wonder if I wonder if he's going to hand his yeah. notice in. Yeah, you've handed your notice in and oh what can they do sack me? Mm-hmm. And you t- you turn up and you phone it in every day. Yeah. And is that what he's going through at the minute and is it is he going to be off at the end of the year? I don't know. I mean, I do feel I is do he going to be the fifth for him. is he going to be the fifth driver in line for that Red Bull seat? Ooh, Vettel and Verstappen, that's... If you won't have Jesus Verstappen Jesus Christ. There. <laughs> if, 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 I, I can see Vettel going to replace Verstappen. Swap? Swap the drivers, yeah. maybe? Because with 
Wait, with Christian Horner coming out and saying, I don't get me wrong, I think Verstappen might be foolish to leave Red Bull right now. But um, with the Horner already coming out saying, oh, Verstappen's going nowhere. Um, and it's because his contract's not up till next year. Yeah. But yeah. like we were saying, no one's no one's signing contracts for 2021. Mm-hmm. So he's got the performance clause. Sorry, that was it. He's got some performance clause in. Uh, in his contract, that he, uh, if he's not in contention to win a world championship, he can leave mm-hmm. his contract. There's always there's always a price on a contract. You can always buy yeah, yourself yeah. out of and it. If and he's not short of a few pennies. If I'm you're sure. Ferrari or Mercedes, I'm yeah. sure it's They'd easy be happy to buy to, someone's. Yeah. I, I only the only thing is I can't see him going to Mercedes. Can't, I can't see Mercedes taking him if they've got Lewis. It undermines their young driver program as well yeah. really doesn't it they've got Ocon they've got Russell well at the moment Bottas is undermining the Mercedes young driver program because he's nailed he's nailed on to be in that car next year well yeah. yes I, I don't think Mercedes are as married to their young driver program as Red Bull are mm. I think Mercedes are what I would call a, for want of better words a real Formula 1 team they just want the best drivers that are available to them at the time whereas Red Bull want to grow their own and sometimes they use the wrong fertilizer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sometimes they don't leave them in the ground long enough. <laughs> Christian Clean, anybody? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we, we talked at length this season about Ferrari and all the problems, and, and we're going to talk more about them. This is not going to finish. This <laughs> and we are going to we are going to talk at we are going to talk for another fifteen races about their problems mm-hmm. at this rate. Uh, next, Canada. I think they've got a good chance of winning in Canada. Get a bit of weather in Canada that'll liven things up. Well, mind you, the fucking it's like, isn't it like fifty below in the summertime in Canada? So um, <laughs> one of these days, just just for one week, I'm going to turn the Twitter account over to you, and you can be responsible for, Good Lord. for whatever it is you would, say on the show. Yeah, but would you make right. it to the end of a race without getting banned if you were in charge of the Twitter account? <laughs> I could feel a suspension coming along. <laughs> Why does three legs, four wheels support Tommy Robinson? <laughs> Nobody else does. <laughs> this is apparently thirty-two thousand people. Two percent of the vote of the voters. Save that for another show. Crazy. Um Move on now to Red Bull. Um, Verstappen crossed the line second. Yeah, five second, five second penalty. We've talked. We've talked about the unsafe release and. It, that divided that divided Twitter massively when it happened. Mm. We there was people saying um, from one end that's not enough; it should be a stop go or ten seconds at minimum. Or I think it was right. I think it was shouldn't, shouldn't have had a penalty, and there's nothing nothing you can do on that pit lane. He has now got another two penalty points, which puts him on to seven, and I think. Did you say it's Did he get a penalty point for the unsafe release? Yeah. He got That's two, I out think. out of order. No, it wasn't for the unsafe release. It was hitting Bottas in the pit lane. I think that's out of order. I think he was he was sent into the situation to do that. But yeah, I think, I think it puts him on eight and his next penalty points don't come off until I think it's Belgium. Yeah. It's, it's definitely September anyway. So he's now got to get through to the summer break without mm. really doing anything too exciting. Interesting. See, I, I think the penalty was right. I think the five-second penalty was about where it should have been. I don't think he should have not been given a penalty because hmm. the team deserved one for it. But I I also think they rolled the dice with it. I think they knew they were going to get a penalty. They, they knew the penalty probably yeah, would yeah. be 
less harsh than taking that place. And it was going. It was. They had the. They were always going to finish fourth with him. Whereas if they did that and got him out in front of front of Bottas, they might have got him onto the podium. Yeah, there was a chance, wasn't there, if he cleared Hamilton and got a bit of a gap. Half a car length. Half a car length. He was away from finishing second in that Grand Prix. If if he'd have been if he'd have been sent out of the garage half a car length ahead of Bottas and actually got out in front of him then they probably wouldn't have got a penalty for it and he might have won the Grand Prix at that point because I still think that uh, if you'd have given him a genuine sniff of a win he might have smashed his way past <laughs> I mean he did he did make have a few goals at Hamilton um, there was one on the insert name here because no one can remember what it's called this week hairpin yeah he came close a couple of times there, yeah. didn't he? And Hamilton was doing some fantastic defending. Yeah, I think Hamilton always had that covered, didn't mm. he? There was there was one where he got sort of alongside him, but he was always going to get driven into a wall if he tried yeah. to do that. If you go around the outside there, yeah. as soon as you straighten out, you yeah. are nowhere to go. I think that was one thing that you said when we were watching it. Was something like, "There's your gap, but it might not always be there." Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> um. Decent, decent enough performance from him, though. Mm-hmm. And are Red Bull in with a chance of being the second best team? Yeah, I think so. I, but I only, um, only if Gasly gets himself together. Mm-hmm. But also, if Leclerc is getting to the point where the head is maybe starting maybe. to go a bit, then and he starts dropping more points, then that mm-hmm. make, makes Gasly's sort of averageness. I mean, we we know that Gasly's good at one lap. Yeah, could Gasly be sort of the Raikkonen, maybe? Absolutely nowhere near challenging the teammate, but will always be at the back of the front runners. Yeah, I mean, he seemed, mm. he, Gasly seems to be the expert this season in lonely races. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Which um, is why which he got is, the fastest lap again. Which, which mm. is where he's getting his fastest laps from. And it really shouldn't be that, because you can see what the car's capable of doing. Mm. All right, Max is many levels above him when it comes to getting the best out of the car. But Gasly should be closer. I think he should be behind him. If you know, it's if he's if you're in the team, I don't care who your teammate is. Um, I still don't think Verstappen is the finished article of what he will be. Um, Bottas is closer to Hamilton than Gasly is to Verstappen, mm-hmm. and Hamilton is proving himself to be the best driver in the world at the moment. So I th- I, I don't think Max Verstappen is unbeatable. By his teammate, you know, it's he's a very good driver, but his teammate should be a very good driver in that team as well. I mean, I have people people might give us a slating for this, thinking this, but have Red Bull brought Gasly in to make Verstappen look even better? No, I don't think it does, though, does it? I think we we would think Verstappen was better if he was beating Ricardo than now while he's beating Gasly. Yeah. I think second half of last season, we probably had a higher opinion of Verstappen because he was, you know, winning races and one of the best drivers in the second half last season, whereas Ricardo went off the boil. Mm. Also, uh, what Ricardo did, because we always used to think, I mean, I know we had the the front wing situation with Sebastian Vettel and Mark Webber, but we we always used to think that um, Red Bull... Like completely favoured Vettel over Weber. Mm-hmm. I think Ricardo proves that Red Bull was a much more open team than we thought it was, and Weber probably had every chance of beating Vettel if he was capable of doing it. 
because otherwise Ricardo wouldn't have got that the opportunity to mm. come in and batter Vettel that year. <laughs> yeah. I think we were all expecting him to come in and play the number two driver yeah, yeah. and he and just, just did, ruined didn't. him consistently <laughs> over a year. But um I think that's what Red Bull want as well. I think they want two competitive drivers. And he must be under loads of pressure. There has to be pressure on him. I mean, Red Bull are the most internally pressurised team on the grid. Yeah, well, there's always someone to take your job. Yeah. It's not the case of finding another driver to to hire. There's literally two stood behind you at every time Mm -hmm. and two behind them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Red Bull have a get-together on, on a weekend for all their drivers that are taking parts. I think they're, they're looking at now bringing more onto the Young Driver programme that were already in uh, F2 and F3. Well, if, because they're, they're going to have to, because every, everybody else, aside from Pato one and Dan Tickton, were all about eight and still they driving signed, go-karts. They signed one that's in Euro Formula Open, whose name eludes me a couple of weeks ago. Um, they've got Jack Doohan in Euro Formula Open as well. I think they're looking at get, taking Nico Kari back, who is in F3 this year. They've got they got Yuri Vips as well. I think he's kicking about somewhere. Yeah, I can't remember what series he's in at the moment, but I think he is still on their program. But so. they're, they're actually they're actually now looking at signing drivers that are old enough to drive road cars. Right. Okay. Crazy idea. Makes, Nick DeVries is unattached, isn't he? All of a sudden. But he says he's got um, he's got something that he can't announce for a little while. And I think that thing that he can't announce for a little while will be coming after Le Mans, and that's going to be um, a WEC seat for next season. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, re- I reckon it's going to be because the next WEC season starts at, uh, after this F2 season finishes. Yes, that is true. So I, re- I reckon that's what it is, and Nick DeVries will be leaving single-seaters. Maybe now that now that McLaren don't want he's, him anymore, he's one of the, he's got he's one of these that got stuck in F two really hasn't yeah. he? He's not yeah. he's not good enough really to push on, but he does a good enough job not to drop off the grid entirely. Yeah, I mean, there's, so. a ch- there's a chance he could win F two this year, which mm-hmm. that's going to completely screw his career up because no Formula One team will end up taking him. Yeah, because there isn't a space. He's like like we were saying before. He like Latifi, who's doing quite well in F two this year. They're there because everyone more talented has moved on. Yeah, I still think Latifi might find himself in a Williams next year. Possibly. There's a, there's every chance because I mean he's test he's been testing for him, mm-hmm. and and he looks like everybody's older brother as well. He like <laughs> his, 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 he's got like a Formula One driver neck where everyone else's children around him. <laughs> Um, that leaves us with Mercedes. Uh, disappointingly, their worst performance of the season. I know, yeah. yeah. It's awful. The decline starts yeah. here. Yeah, yeah there's, on, there's only one way now and it's down. Mm-hmm. I mean, third. Well, save hell. that safety car, rob them of another one too. Yeah. Probably. You know, they should have had another one too. Uh, which is a bit of a shame because it, records and that. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, yeah, no, I just, just wait. Just wait till next year. They'll they'll probably take one twos for the first eight races. Oh well, they could still. I I think they can still break that one two their their current one two record this year. <laughs> I mean, there's what fifteen races left. Yeah, yeah, so, plenty, plenty of time. I, I think it's unbeatable that car. Hamilton shouldn't have, given what happened to him with those tires and stuff. He shouldn't have won that race. I mean, they they looked angry. Yeah. Mm. You know, those tyres were, um, if you were seeing them for sale on eBay, it would say pre-loved. I think that was as good as, um, 
it was a bit of a shame, like I say, because Verstappen could never actually win the race because of his penalty. Yeah. But I think Hamilton was as good as Senna was when he was followed by Mansell. I think that there was a lot of that comparison, yeah, wasn't there, I think on, that on it's, Twitter? It's, and... it's very similar situation. But I just, I just can't see how, at the moment, any other team can challenge Mercedes with what they are able to get out of that car. I don't think anyone's going to challenge Hamilton now. Uh, Do you think Bottas has now dropped off and he's he's going to finish second? Yeah, see what people didn't notice, or maybe maybe they did notice, but it didn't really sink in was the last two corners of Hamilton's qualifying lap he fucked he was he was wrestling that car around the last the last part of the actually lap. you're right because um his last qualifying lap was two purples and a yellow yeah yeah mm-hmm. and he, he was saying he was looking at the delta on his dashboard and he kept seeing time just dripping away and he, he was just what way willing the line to turn up quick enough um I think if he'd have nailed that last sector like what you'd usually expect Hamilton to do he'd have been about two or three tenths quicker than Bottas you know it's for him to fuck fuck the last sector that much and still get pole uh, I don't Bottas will not see the unless there's a mechanical issue before before Hamilton is 25 points ahead I don't think uh, Bottas will see the the lead of that championship again and Mercedes don't tend to have mechanical issues no you know. Except for that one race last year, was it Austria where they both conveniently had mechanicals at almost exactly the same yeah, time? Yeah. It was yeah. very bizarre. Um, just abs- absolutely dominant performance, mm-hmm. and that is basically what we get out of Mercedes this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sick of people, sick of seeing it on various social media. Saying, I'm going to stop watching. Mercedes are too dominant. When are Ferrari going to win like they used to? Well, well, hang on, didn't. Did you stop watching during the Schumacher-dominated era? You probably didn't. I spoke to people on Facebook about this this afternoon. It's no, <laughs> it's it's no good speaking to people on Facebook. People, people Facebook, on... Facebook people are the reason that they put "do not eat" on packets of silica gel. Facebook has <laughs> turned into the comment section on YouTube videos. Hot sex, get it here. Click this. You are. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong. No, videos, wrong, wrong videos. Right, okay. <laughs> and that's Pornhub. Um, yeah, and it's the my. Might have threw a grenade out there and said I did. I didn't think because uh, somebody asked whether Hamilton's uh, Hamilton. Uh, Ham- oh no, it was Gary Lineker. Ga- Gary Lineker had said that Hamilton's approaching like becoming F one's goat, and um, somebody retweeted it saying, also oh, reposted that tweet saying, like, what do people think? And obviously the Schumacher parents comparisons came out, and um, I happened to put down like, well. I think Hamilton, if he beats it, is going to be remembered better because he didn't have a Benetton with, uh, which w- he didn't have a cheating Benetton <laughs> with active suspension or whatever it was. Or tra- was it traction control? It, it was, was everything. Yeah, everything. <laughs> um, he didn't have a championship which involved him running into a Brit to win it. Um, uh, he didn't have a red car that was helped by the fucking sports governing body at every single turn. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he didn't have a um, a tire manufacturer that made tires, not just for the car he was in, but for him. <laughs> <laughs> See, when you when you put all those things in a line, <laughs> Schumacher's legacy looks tainted in my eyes. <laughs> 1994 will always have that little asterisk next to it for me, anyway. <laughs> 
Um, what do we think about driver of the day? I think it was Ooh. Verstappen that won it. Was it was Verstappen, officially, I think it was Lewis, wasn't it? Lewis was the driver of the day. I'm going to throw an outsider and say Sainz. I, I would have said Sainz. Or uh, George Russell as a as an honourable mention. To finish ahead of a racing point and two Alfa Romeos. Mm. Heroes and villains? Ooh. Villain, Leclerc. <sighs> yeah, maybe. Um, although he did make the race interesting. He did liven some stuff up, didn't he? Maybe K-Mag, he had a bit of a scuffle, didn't he? Red Bull pit crew for releasing Verstappen into Bottas. Possibly, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, hero, definitely Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. Brave struggle, man versus tyre. Pire- Worst Bear Grylls uh, series Pirelli. ever. Pirelli were the villain. You can't say Pirelli are the villain because... <laughs> Pirelli it, insists they're not the villain. And yeah. It's the team's fault. <laughs> yeah, it, it's too low-hanging fruit. No, but I don't, I don't think anyone... It's not like Bernie Eccleston's still around saying, give me tyres that last one lap and then explode like the messages are missing impossible. You know, <laughs> it's... Um, <laughs> That's not happening it's a anymore. Beautiful metaphor. <laughs> so. um, possible hero as well for Perez for having the situation with the marshals. Yeah, ah, and, yeah, and good not call. running a yeah. person over. Yes, very good call. Mm. So, how did we do on the prediction? Unless he there? tried to hit them, and he's just rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> no, because when Perez wants to hit someone, he usually does. <laughs> so what's what's, uh, what's Mexicano for Skittles? I just want to go back and listen to the um, <laughs> uh, to the to the pit radio. <laughs> we'll do the predictions. Uh, <laughs> right, pe- people want art here. Chris went for a Hamilton win. Bottas second looked like third. I didn't do well. Four points. I didn't do well. Dan Hamilton Bottas Vettel got the got the right top three. Five mm. points. Um, Scarbs was last week's guest predictor. He went Hamilton Verstappen Bottas. Six points. Yeah, beat us all. Shocker. Um, Lee, yours was Hamilton, Bottas, and Lando. Mistake. Were, were yeah. you drunk last week? <laughs> <laughs> I just had. The, I I thought the, we might get rain. I thought there might be some smashy smashies. <laughs> and realistically, if there had been smashy smashies, science was up there. Yeah, that could have quite easily have been Lando. <laughs> <laughs> Still only scored four points. Yes. Um, More than I thought I did. <laughs> I went for Hamilton, Bottas, and Verstappen. Mm-hmm. Ended up with four points. Sean. Bottas, Verstappen and Hamilton. Mm. A two-pointer. I'm biding my time. You are biding your time <laughs> in last place on the prediction I was league. shit until about Germany last year, and then I suddenly hit completely psychic yeah. fest. And all right, Hamilton. It was all good. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm Hamiltoning it. Which I need to update. Uh, guest predictors, thanks to Scarves, are now up to 16 points, level with Dan. Chris is in third with 18. Lee, you're in second with 20. And I'm, uh, as I've matched you for points this week, I am still one race ahead on 29. <sighs> still all to play for. I like the fact that the guest predictors are like a hive mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like we're competing against Borg. <laughs> it's interesting to see, though, that we've had six races and the guests have got 16 points and six of them came from one person who admittedly knows more about Formula One than any of us five that do this show and any of the other guest predictors yeah, combined. Prob- <laughs> probably right. I, I wouldn't argue with this point. 
We will have the uh, we'll have the predictions back next week for Canada, and of course the prediction league uh, is open for Canada now. So if you go to three legs four wheels dot com, go to the game section, and uh, if you're feeling brave enough to enter your predictions this early, good bloody luck to you. <laughs> I feel that would be peaking a bit too soon. I get the I tell you what, hang on, I'm on the website at the minute. Shall I have a look and see if anybody's? Uh... I'll, I'll, I'll declare mine now. Oh, it's going to be Hamilton, Bottas, Vettel. Wild. Did you not say you thought Vettel was going to win about half an hour ago? Yeah, I don't think it's going to win. <laughs> I, th- I think there might be a chance of, of, of him winning, but I, then I remembered that it's like 100 below zero mm-hmm. in the sun. Wow, five people have already got the predictions in for Canada. <laughs> and has any anything unusual? Any? Uh, no, there's lots of Verstappen, Hamilton, ah. Bottas and Leclerc in there. So. Is, ca- is Captain um, Kubita not put his in yet? Give him time. <laughs> Give him time. Um, as far as the championship goes on that, um, Christy S is leading along with Kiara Heaney, both on 36 points. Um, did we have a full house? Kiara's a good name. It sounds like an X-Man. Do we have a full house in Monica? (laughs) I will find out. Are you calling our listeners mutants? Well, I mean, yes. (laughs) I I just thought that went as red. (laughs) Why isn't this working properly? There we do, go. Do, 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 do. Uh, no, we had a ten-pointer. That's not bad. From somebody very local, actually, at Ryan from Onken. Hi, ah. Savo. Um, yep, the, yep. This this week's winner is less than half a mile away from the pod room. Yep. <laughs> fix. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a fix, wouldn't that mean you're the easiest person to tell him what to do and therefore you would have been better? That's why I know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, News. As there is some this week. Um, First thing, obviously, the sad news about Nicky Lauder passing. I did Mm. a little tribute before the show last week, which we recorded on a Monday, and it was literally four hours before the announcement that Mm. Nicky Lauder had died. Um absolute legend i heard an amazing story on the bbc podcast which i'm going to repeat now in case nobody listens to it um one of the um i I can't remember i think it might be in the commentator for radio 5 live commentator was asked what um what story about nicky louder does he thinks encapsulates him the best and he said it's not a racing one it was his airline you know when his plane crashed and Mm -hmm. all those people died and he said, that first of all, he said he made himself available 24-7 to the families of the victims. He poured a load of money in trying to work out what happened and if it and he was quite prepared to fold the airline company if it turned out it was a louder airline problem. It turned out it was a problem with the Boeing air, airplane. So he then took that to Boeing, spoke to them. They told him basically to fuck off. He went back, put the... Um, however you work a fucking flight simulator out uh, and ran the flights the flight simulator himself a bunch of times and every time he got to a certain st- stress point that part of the plane broke in the sim and he, t- he then took that back to Boeing and said look this is that it's your fucking plane that broke here uh, Boeing again told him to fuck off and he said well that's fine then because tomorrow I'm going to fly a plane on my own over LA if you are so sure that it wasn't your it wasn't your part. And by the time he got back to his hotel, they'd put a statement out apologizing for it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I think the um, the best tribute I've, best tribute I've seen to him all week uh, came from friend of the show Virtual Statman, and um, he described Nicky Lander as being like an oak tree. Even when you poured petrol over him and set him on fire, he didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> that was very accurate. <laughs> Scarbs is my favourite one. Scarbs, Scarbs said the the man, uh, uh, the man was so tenacious. I don't. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him turn up in Monaco. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's he's obviously going to be going to be missed on the grid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, seeing the amount of tributes that we've seen to him this weekend is just absolutely mind blowing. Yeah. And uh, you know, there'll never be another one like him. No, 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 wouldn't have thought so. No. And if you haven't if you haven't seen it, watch Rush. Absolutely, it's a fucking yeah. brilliant film. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Also, if you haven't seen it. Why are you listening to an F1 podcast <laughs> for crying yeah. out loud? Yeah, but yeah, go go watch that. It's a great film, and it's got the most beautiful man on the planet in it. I sometimes do worry about <laughs> hey, your love, ev- of, your love of Thor. Everyone is a bit gay for Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um... One twenty twenty one regulation that apparently now isn't going to be happening is there's going to be no standardised gearboxes, which is good news for McLaren. Wasn't that only put out for tender the other day? It, I think it was quite recent. It was put out for tender, but yeah, they've they've come back and gone. Nah, that's that's not going to happen. Um, I think there was one company who had hopefully planned to go for it, and they're fuming because they've spent time developing stuff and putting time and money and resources into it, and it's not happened. So. Mm. But I say this is good news for McLaren because they seem to be the main gearbox supplier at the moment to uh, <laughs> quite a lot of the teams. Mm. But they weren't going to be tendering for it, right? Well, I think doing a full grid would have been too much, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think that I think they can they can supply four other teams at most at that capacity. Um, it's it's a bit of an odd one because F one have said that they want to get as many standardised non vital parts in as possible and. I would have thought that the gearbox was more suited to not being standardised across the whole grid because you're going to need something different for every engine. Yeah, and wheels as well. You know, there's <laughs> it's, there's a lot of different parts going to be fitted to the same thing. Mm. I don't know. I'm the, I'm not an engineer. True. You're um, <laughs> a decorator. Yeah, I am. In my professional opinion, as a decorator, it sounds easy. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it's it's all to it's all to do with the cost cap that they want to bring in, or the reduction yeah. in cost. They have, I've noticed they're veering away from using the term cost cap now, and it's all cost reduction. It's, it's leveling the cost, isn't it? Yeah, that they seem to be wanting to do. But we all remember what happened the last time there was a cost cap: Caterham, HRT, and Virgin. Yeah. Yeah, that's not... Well, I mean, yeah, to be fair, the cost cap didn't come in, did it? They were fucked because the cost cap didn't happen. Yeah. Um, which... And all the other teams that complained that they didn't get selected because they weren't going to be using Cosworth engines. Mm. Oh, like ProDrive and um, who else was in yeah, there? Yeah, there was uh, Stefan, Stefan GP. Oh, that rings the bell. I can't... It, it's such a strange situation, isn't it? Because... I, I don't understand. A, if they want to bring a cost cap in, I don't understand why it's so difficult to do it. Because um, Ferrari don't want to. 
Yeah, no, but in, in the in the new new regulations, if I'm I'm actually borderline, if Ferrari still got their veto, I might stop watching Formula One because it's ridiculous. I think that's something they're trying to take away, isn't it? Because yeah. it is just the most stupid thing. Claire Williams is like the team principal. She to come can out keep and it say, short. She's got <laughs> enough to fucking worry about. <laughs> she's like, want to come out and say it should be stopped. Yeah, she's ag- you're agreeing with her. No, she's agreeing with me. I said it ages ago. I think, yeah, it's not a revolutionary thing that people think it should yeah. be stopped if she's only just yeah. hopping on that one now. That's, oh, yeah, that's but she's been a, about for um, a while. Yeah, but she's at least six seconds off the pace. So. Well, well, that's she, she turned around in an interview <laughs> over the weekend saying if she thought she had a detrimental effect to William, she would resign. I was almost expecting her to the next line for her to turn around and say, and I'm very proud to be the second female head of her team. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't be the last. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's, it's fucking crazy. Um, got Hass livery written down here next. Uh, yeah, so Hass have basically, even though there's a whole debacle with the Rich Energy logo being ripped off and there's a whole copyright situation there, Hass have been given legal sort of permission to keep their livery until all settlements are done, which is why well, it is. they have a dodgy logo on their car. <laughs> you don't really need the fucking... Like, they, surely they can keep the livery... Just get rid of the ram. They're, no, they're allowed oh. to keep that at the moment, is, right. is what that whole hoo-ha is about. Yeah, are they actually paying any royalties to white bikes for it yet? Or? God knows. I think that's what Rich and white bikes are fighting about. How does about. that happen? I don't know. Have you seen the picture of Grosjean on a white bike? Yes. <laughs> so it's not like... Hang on a Well, second. I mean, according to Scarves, William Starr is going to be over here this week for TT because he sponsors a couple of riders. So he we is find a distinctive-looking guy there is, as if well. If he didn't look like 20% of the people that come over to Oh, no, no, TT. he is a distinct-looking guy and he wears, like, <laughs> black and gold trainers in right, the rich okay. energy colours. So if he's here, you will see him. Right. It's, um, it's like the few uh, few years ago at TT, I was um, went to Peel Day with a uh, mate of mine, Ben, mm. Thumbs. Yeah. And... Um, there was a couple of TV chefs over during TT who are well known for riding motorbikes and cooking. Jamie and, Oliver. Yeah, that's the one. And uh, yeah, we're in the, looks like a member of ZZ Top. <laughs> yeah, twenty percent of the people that come over to watch TT. Yeah. We're, in the, we're in the middle of Peel, Honda sponsored day. Ben taps me on the shoulder. Look over there, hairy bikers. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if we see William's story, we, we will try and get hold of him. Mm. That would be an interesting interview. I've not exactly been um, particularly nice about Rich Energy, but we, we will see if he's around. We'll definitely be able to pick him out in the I'm paddock. almost convinced he hasn't listened, if that I, makes you yeah, feel any Yeah, he's been better. busy with a court battle. That I'm sure he's true. got better things to be doing with his time than listening to our yeah, he is local. He, he does have local connections that could be skeet. <laughs> uh, we'll, move, we'll move on. Rio <laughs> track layout. Yes, a, a layout has been published for and what who, the Rio Grand Prix could look like. And who's designed it? Is it their crazy president? Nope. No? Worse. Oh, is it Tilka? It's fucking oh, Tilka yes. again. Was Austin a Tilker? Stop clock. I think... Yeah, but Austin's a tribute circuit to all the others. He's, he's got the one good corner from every other circuit yeah. he's designed and put them all together. It's not his spin. design, it's yeah. his compilation. All the, all the now that's what I rubbish. call Herman Tilker. Yeah. But, um, I don't know, it's a street circuit anyway, isn't it? Um, no, it's going to be spe- it's going to be specifically built. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it's on the site of the old Rio Grand Prix circuit which was bulldozed to make way for the Olympic Village, which is now going to be bulldozed to make way for the new circuit. You're saying it's Rio and they smashed it into sand? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> You're using all my best jokes. <laughs> um, yeah, apparently it's going to be a completely, um, completely new circuit. Um, it's going to be an actual track. It's not going to be um, not going to be street circuit oh, round okay, buildings. Cool. Um, yeah, we've seen the preliminary sketches that came came out mm-hmm. in the Guess last what? week. It looks exactly like every other Tilka circuit. Okay, it does look a bit like a Tilka circuit. <laughs> it's got one tightish opening out hairpin. I'm not looking at this at the moment. Uh, there's going to be some S's in there somewhere. There's a couple of S's. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to have a sharp corner at the top of a hill with a downhill runoff. This is... This is I, I can't make, make I can't make out whether it's uh it's it's a it's a hill or not, but there is a sharp corner. <laughs> one would one would call it an L. Oh god, I did it that looks, I did that without even looking. Yeah. It looks to me very much like the Korea circuit, just with not quite as excessively long straights. There's a touch of Hockenheim to it as well. Possible, yeah, yeah. See where you're coming from. So, um, yeah, get ready for another Tilka Fest if that happens. Mm. And it's going to be 2021 at the earliest that it's going to be there because Sean Bratches has definitively said that um, Sao Paulo, Inter Lagos, has the contract for next year regardless of what the Brazilian president says. Right. Uh, so it's it's Inter Lagos or nothing mm-hmm. for Brazil next year. And if it's nothing, there will be lawsuits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what are we got next what we have next is me not wearing glasses is this south africa ah yes kyle army that wants to come back it's back to holding international class races again mm-hmm. f1 want a race in africa but we talked there about is a distinct week. lack of f1 in africa isn't mm-hmm. there yeah is it so if, if it's international class does that that's still not formula one it's though, the one is below it? i think so they would right. have to do a little bit of extra work and more facilities and It'd stuff be interesting but... to know what the what, what the gravel trap situation is there um if well i mean it's that it's doing endurance racing at the moment and they have gravel traps mm-hmm. rather than runoffs yeah so you've got to imagine that if it wants f1 they're going to have to make actual runoffs again mm-hmm Seeing as gra- gravel is now not in favour. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it depends what for... else it holds, really, doesn't it? Because you have to have gravel if you've got bikes. Yeah. Mm. And obviously, if F1 are looking at going going back to Kyle Army, you'd think that uh, MotoGP or World Superbikes would want to follow. Well, it'd be World Superbikes first, followed by MotoGP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And is it going to be one of these circuits where they, they're able to convert the runoffs to gravel traps, depending on... What's running there? Yeah, maybe. I mean, it'd be nice to get another uh, another race in South Africa. It's been a long time, as it was the eighties. Ninety two. Ninety two. Was it still there? But um, yeah, I'm I'm all up for new circuits. I I mean, I'm I'm up for more races as well. I think uh, it's look just looking at uh, an overhead of it. It does look like it has runoff rather than gravel trap. Mm. I can see Formula One turning into a, how many races have we got this year? 22? 21. 21. 21. 21. It's 21, 21 next year. Um, which... I, can, I can see it turning to a 26, 30-year season. I think at the moment the concourse agreement limits it to 25. Concord. Concord, excuse me, yes. The con- concourse agreement is... Um, There's something very different. Yeah, how, yes. how many how many hospitality <laughs> suites you can actually have. Hmm. <laughs> And I don't know about anybody else, but I am sick of Sky doing features on the new Red Bull wooden one. I'm just sick of Sky. 
I'm I, I, I like did you see the um I think it was before qualifying they did the F1 show and there was a good half an hour of Gasly and um oh the hooker the ducks. hooker duck yeah. What? I missed this. The Gasly and uh, Verstappen were at the Red Bull Energy Pool, or whatever it's called, and um, the, the there was a load of ducks in there, and they had to hook ducks, and each duck had a question on it for the drivers. I see. So they were hooking one out and then answering a the question. Yeah, Just have some cards. Just ask people questions. Well, I, I don't. I don't get it. I, don't. I, t- I tweeted on Saturday. How long before they go full on and bring out the gunch tank? Do you know what the problem is? Is the fact that Formula One should not have its own fucking channel. They're creating content out of thin air, and it's it, it's just ridiculous. I don't even the build up. The build up doesn't build up the race. They talk. Uh, you want to? You want? Yeah. I mean, you want to see a race build up. You don't want to see Johnny Herbert and Natalie Pinkham riding around Barcelona on bikes looking for the best restaurant. No, I don't give a fuck about them in a plane up above fucking uh, Australia. I don't care. It's it's stupid. But I mean, I that's the one thing I got from watching the indie qualifying was it was so nice. Given how you know how long it was dragged out for, mm-hmm. they were just talking about the sport. Yeah, they were just went into people's garages yeah. and talked to them there. And every week we sit here and talk for almost two hours, or sometimes two and a half hours, about Formula One. Why is it so difficult for professional broadcasters to do that? Because they want to make it a show to hold people's hold people's attention, attract the casual viewer. But if you're a casual viewer, you're not going to subscribe to the exclusive channel for it. Not. If you're a casual viewer as well, you're probably not going to stick around during like a two-hour well, rain delay or something. You'll go find something else to do. Again, there was no Ted Kravitz this weekend, was there? And there was no notebook. No. Yeah. Now, I'd love to know what the situation is there. Um, He's I, contracted for 13 races out of the 21. He is working for other broadcasters. I think he's, he's doing some. he's doing some work for F1 TV. I know he's doing F1 TV. He does like the... Uh, like a midweek report thing. The midweek tech show, it's um, a Sky and F1 TV co-production. Yeah. Now... He's part of Channel 4's um, W Series team as well. Which which interestingly is Whisper Films, which is David Coulthard's production company. Yes. I'd be interested to know whether this was his choice. Because given the, the lack of comment about it and him taking Sky off his Twitter and stuff like that, it doesn't feel like it's his choice. There were various rumours, yeah. weren't there, about the him not getting the, on with certain producers. The main rumour is the new head of uh, the new head of Sky Sports didn't like him, got rid of him, saw the outcry, offered him a limited well, the deal. Whole, the whole programme's got a new producer as well, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, all I can think is, I mean, I might be wrong here, maybe there's uh, some people out there which fucking despise Ted, Ted Kravitz, but I haven't found one of them yet. I think people vary from indifferent to love him. Yeah, I don't yeah. think there's anyone who's bothered by him as such. But I don't think there's anybody else in the whole broadcast team that is relatable to the audience as much as Ted. Mm-hmm. So for the if the fact that he isn't there in the pro, in the prominent position suggests to me that the producer has no idea who his demographic are. Mm. Interesting, yeah. It's, I just I don't get it. Yeah, we'd like most. We'd like basically we'd like more stuff about the sport and less shots of Johnny Herbert being wacky. Well, Johnny Herbert's just like a less exciting Eddie Jordan these days, <laughs> um, and I I think the team's too big as well. I think the um, 
I think we should have a commentary team, which is just a commentary team. I think Martin Brundle's grid walk is fucking awful now. It's uh, they they either well yeah, I think he, not, I think he's I, been instructed to play spot the celeb. I yeah. think as well the ten past the hour thing seems to have shafted that a bit because all the drivers when you get out on the grid they've got a little bit longer to fuck off and do whatever. Yeah, because yeah. the pit lane's still opening at half past. Yeah, I think the uh, national anthem's done it as well. Yeah, because they're all going up towards the, the anthem bit. But please, Putin parade. Putin parade. Sorry. <laughs> um. So yeah. But saying that, I mean, when um, when other people like Lazenbury and uh, Darista have done the grid walk, it's better than when Martin Brundle does it. Mm, possibly, they they get different ones, don't they? They seem to have mm. a slightly different. So I I just I think there's like the who's the blonde lady that's there? Rachel Brooks. Yeah. See, she seems a bit superfluous to the whole situation. I don't particularly dislike her. You know, she's a perfectly fine broadcaster. But you do sometimes wonder like why why are you there? Why can't why wouldn't that be Lazenbury or somebody else or get rid of Lazenbury and just have her? Mm-hmm. I think the there's every time you go somewhere there's two different people stood there. There seems to be like too much of a squad rotation yeah, yeah, yeah. going on. So if you just had a smaller broadcast team and then you had like a professional driver, and you either had Anthony Davidson, Paul DeResta, Jensen Button, Nico Rosberg. I guess the problem yeah. with that, with Button, DeResta, and Davidson, they all still drive. Oh, no, that's so that's you, why you just have one of them at a time. You know, yeah. just, just, just to condense it a bit and focus the show a little bit. It just seems so crazy. Um, I still think like what BBC used to do, where they'd... BBC used to take a studio unit with them didn't they from a rightly yes i think so mm. yeah see that i don't understand why that is so difficult that's the i know all companies are trying to cut costs and stuff but is it that expensive to send a temporary unit around sky with your... have a, like practically a full studio in the paddock though don't they but it's like open air it's um but they have like a huge setup. Yeah, yeah. Um, you missed that. That was uh, that was on the extra show that we yeah, did no, with Sean before Australia. But I still think it w- it should be covered. It should be now a back to the studio situation because there's there's something about just seeing them milling around outside with a couple of microphones that seems messy. The whole production feels messy. Yeah, I think I think it's sort of wanting to show that they are part of the action, mm. but the worst thing by a long way that Sky have done is that bloody virtual studio. Oh, the thing that Karun Chandok was doing Karun during Ch- Karun Chandok explaining um, the difference in the aero regs for this year compared mm-hmm. to the aero that teams were running last year with some of the worst CGI that I have seen since Euro truck racing on the Amiga. Nice. I think was he trying to explain how a car can run upside down in the tunnel? Was yeah, that what he was doing? Because with with the aero, um, it adds the weight of two mm. London black cabs to the car. Yeah, yeah. With then two of the worst CGI London black cabs just being dumped stacked on, top on top of, of each car. other. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was just like stood on the track. Just, it was very bizarre. I don't get it. The uh... It's strange. I think Sky's strange. It's a strange company now. You know, it's hemorrhaging viewers. It's hemorrhaging viewers for everything. Well, they're losing a lot of the rights to various sports because, mm. I mean, when um, when Sky launched the fifth sports channel, that was the home of European football. Mm-hmm. They don't have any European football left. Yeah, yeah, they've lost Italian. They've lost Spanish. 
Um, do they still ha- no? They have, they don't have Dutch anymore. No, do they've, they? lost, they've lost the Dutch league. I think, I think they have a couple of cups, don't they? And mm. that's about yeah, it. Yeah, I think the closest they've got to Europe, uh, the only Euro- other European football league they've got now is the Republic of Ireland. Mm. Ah. I think the big one for Sky. I, I know none of this is really Formula One related, but I think it'll knock on Formula One. You know, as as time dribbles on. But um, as of next year, WWE is on BT Sport. They've lost the rights to WWE. Thirty-two years. Sky have had the rights to WWE. Wow. Bloody hell, I didn't know Jesus. that. Yeah. And I only found out their their ratings for WWE had dropped to like 53,000. Sky are going to be left with Premier League football. And that's about it. And F1. Yeah, because yeah. they binned off, off tennis last year. Um Which I think is quite a niche thing, but mm. they it was something like to keep the tennis, if they they would have had to have paid less than they pay for one Premier League fixture. Mm. So anyway. <laughs> we, might be, we might be getting F1 TV in the UK before we know it. Just hopefully it'll Although actually work over here. Although what the will be, because there won't be a Sky to work with F1, maybe BT will take it on. Um, do they do all of... I mean, you won't get the... It's the commentary they give them, isn't it? Because um, everything else is the world feed, which is Formula it, One itself. They get the commentary. They get a lot of the other um, feature shows as well. Right. Because the what, what I've, the only thing I've ever seen of F1 TV because is the uh, like the build up is your man, isn't it? Uh, Will Buxton. Will, Will Buxton. Buxton. Yeah, and he do, he does all the post race and stuff. Yeah. On yeah. His own. Uh, his all with Julian Palmer, I think. Does he turn up occasionally? Oh, does he? Yeah, yeah. He's been he's been there with them a few times. Uh, just for anyone that isn't watching that, because it's on YouTube the day after. If you if you don't have the channel, uh, if you're missing Ted's notebook, it's live on Twitter as well. Yeah, yeah. they stream it somewhere. If, if you're missing uh, Ted Kravitz, his post race show is as good as the notebook that you're gonna. You know, if if you can't have a notebook, it's a good show. Handy tip. Mm. Um, talking of um, talking of more races and the situation that things are going to be in next season, Hockenheim are saying they're close to getting a deal for next year. Mm. Now that is one of the races whose contract is up at the end of this season because they signed a they signed a one year deal last year to keep the race there because we've been getting the German Grand Prix in alternate years recently since the Nurburgring started running out of money. Um, it's not looking good for Silverstone at the moment because of that, is it? Because it's not looking good for Silverstone. No, I There's think t- we, we'd assumed that was one of the ones that was going, hadn't we, Germany? Yeah, it was. It looked like it was going to be Germany and Mexico that were on the way out because two races have to be dropped to accommodate Vietnam and Holland. The Sorry, only, the Netherlands. The <laughs> only thing to think is with the uh, Hockenheim thing is the owner of Hockenheim's already said that um, they, um, Formula One needs a German Grand Prix if Mick Schumacher comes into Formula One. Now, I would suggest that that's not just... It's right, because if you have a Schumacher back in Formula 1, you're going to want a German Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Hockenheim would want to be back in Formula 1 if you didn't have a Schumacher in. So you're thinking they wouldn't want to sign something long-term if he ends up being a Or if he ends dud. up not being there. Yeah. You know, it's the... Um, we've seen that Germans don't care about Sebastian Vettel, which is really weird because he was really successful. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not like they've got, you know... Um, Hulken... I want to say, has he, he's never won the German Grand Prix, I don't think. No, he's he rubbish at it. He crashed last year. He did. He? <laughs> Slow, slowest crash of the season. But yeah. I think I think preceding last year's crash, I don't, I don't think he's ever particularly mm. shone there. 
Well, Schumacher didn't either, did they? Until they changed it, so we could, so he, so he was good at it. <laughs> he was partially responsible for um, the redesign. Yeah, because he wasn't very good at yeah. the old one. <laughs> Thanks, actually, Michael. I, actually, he was partially responsible for the redesign of Hockenheim and Nurburgring. Mm. I, uh, I really miss the old Hockenheim. I think everyone does. I think it's it's not just a shame that it's gone. It's a shame that it wasn't even maintained. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just literally been taken back by nature now. It's a shame. You can you can you can see still. You can where see like the, the outline, outline. Yeah. but you couldn't go yeah, and drive like on fucking it. Fucking, I am legend out there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if um, I mean Mexico are saying that. They they have something in place to sign a new contract. I could fucking leave Mexico. I'll, I'll put that out there. I I hate the circuit. It was good. It was good for Formula E. Yeah. Which, by dint of it being good for Formula E, means it's not really great for Formula One. No. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's Silverstone is looking very patchy for next year at the mm. moment because they can't increase from twenty uh, twenty one races. Next year, that that is that is signed and sealed. I think they can agree, though, can't they? If they, if um, if they all agree to it, they can. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it would take. But at the, at, as things stand, the agreement is that there will. Um, and it was all ten teams that said maximum twenty one races for twenty twenty. Yeah, but I, th- they... I guess it would depend what race it is yeah. that would be twenty two. If it was Silverstone, maybe they would all agree. There's a lot of British teams. Yeah, it's, yeah, they're they're all very close. So I think uh, I I think you'd get away with that mm-hmm. if the twenty second race was Mexico, mm. maybe less so. Mm. Particularly like Haas. And if it's only it's one race as well, if it's, only, if it's only one race, what fucking harm is it? Do you know what I mean? If it's if they've mm. if they've got one year to squeeze it in before they sign a new Concord agreement, why would why would you risk if you were any team that's close to Silverstone? Mm-hmm. Why would you risk losing Silverstone? For the sake of not racing there for one year, yeah, yeah. So it, I, I'm sh- I'm sure, especially with Ross Braun being sort of on the panel yeah. as well, deals uh, can probably be done yeah. somehow. Yeah, you would have thought. Um, the last thing we've got is something that has actually just come up in the last day or so, which is um, Renault and Fiat Chrysler are on the verge of merging. This is weird, and I don't quite know what it's going to mean for Formula One. Uh, it's going to mean that the new massive mega company will have three different brands on the grid. Mm. That's dangerous. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing to stop them all having the same owner but operating as separate brands. So Renault could still be an engine man. Renault Sport could still be an engine manufacturer mm. in its own right. But it does for things like voting and, and agreeing on things. You've yeah. suddenly got then a lot of teams that have a, a shared interest. Yeah, I mean, that's going to that's gonna be, um, you know, 30, 30% of the grid mm-hmm. having one vote, even if Ferrari lose the veto, that's nearly half of it. Yeah. Gonna, but gonna then have... you could, you've got, like, Renault customers, you've got Ferrari customers yeah. as well. And there's a serious danger of um, leaving Mercedes and Honda and mm-hmm. their customers sort of... At the mercy of this new megacorp. Well, I was just going to say, do you think this is... It's kind of the way the world's going as well, isn't it? 
Like well, you, you are getting more and more companies that are getting swallowed up by uh, mm. by a, a big corporate entity. Yeah. Everyone wants a presence in each different country and each yeah. different market, and sometimes it's easier to buy something that's always already successful there than to set up your own thing and yeah. compete with what's already working there. Yeah. So if if the Fiat Chrysler Group wants the French market, buy just buy right into now. it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's definitely going to be one to keep an eye on over uh, over the next few weeks. It'll be interesting to see what the sort of competition regulations are on that, because with when you get two big companies merging, there's usually some kind of regulation looking at whether that then becomes unfair mm. yeah, in terms so... of the size of it. We had that with Sky recently when they were being linked with the purchase. I think, was it Fox was meant to yeah, be buying Sky? Fox. And that was like, no, too big. You can't yeah. do that. Yeah, uh, Fox, then Disney, and then Comcast ended up owning it. Yeah. And, you know, it was, it was the third attempt at somebody buying them out that got approved. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this, uh, this, this could prove to be um, interesting. And, you know, with Renault's history of leaving Formula One, um, they might stay in Formula One, but paint the cars red and yellow. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, there's something weird there. Yeah. Shall we shunt it? Why not? I think we should. Have you got one all sorted? Oh yeah. You know I believe I mean? you've got a bit of a bit of a backlog at the minute. Yeah. Is it the the, the uh, it's, it's ever since I gamified it by telling people to try and to message me to remind it. <laughs> yeah. The oh, added um, incentive. <laughs> Rune, who did last week's shunt? Yeah. Um, said you misread the first clue. It was I wasn't, but oh, I wasn't I, born. I know. I spoke mm. to you. In the tweet about it, mm. <laughs> I said I don't care. Then <laughs> I was clarifying this for everybody else that was listening. Um, Who's is this week's from? I can't see his proper Twitter name, but his uh, like the the little the name bit at the top is Voice of the Drunken People. Oh, good! Oh this God. bodes well. <laughs> Get comfy. So uh, at karaoke singer, yeah. <laughs> I was born back on normal ground, nineteen seventy one. Okay. Right. I became famous in F1. As did most F1 drivers. Generals. Well, we don't know that it's an F1 driver yet. We've not no. got that far. That is, that is true. Um, I, I, do you know what? I love this guy, and I'll explain to you afterwards because it might be an air. It might be a hint. No, not the not the person whose shunter is. The shunter. I love him. Thank you very much. The shunter, not the shuntist. Yes. Okay. Uh, I set track records in NASCAR... But low speed... Uh, sorry, hang on. I haven't got my glasses either. <laughs> I set a track record in my NASCAR NASCAR debut at low speedway. Uh, wooing, wooing, wooing rivals and critics by making headlines like Frenchie can drive. Oh. So it might be a person of French origin. Um, You're looking for your glasses. Yeah. They're behind the, behind the, the other the, one. They're behind the Mac. Yes. <laughs> it's a it's a sort of bitter circle, isn't it? When you haven't got the glasses on, you can't see where the glasses yeah, are because yeah, you yeah. haven't got it's, them on. Right. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw. So, 49 year old French or 48. 48 year old French. Yeah, younger than me. Right. I am gonna go a little bit left field on this one. Sasha Baron Cohen's character in Talladega Nights, the Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Jesus Bobbing. Christ. I think he was French. They made out that he was an he was his character in that was an F one driver that moved to NASCAR. Interesting. And was being called Frenchy. 
that is a specialist suggestion, yeah. but I don't... <laughs> can't, remember, can't remember the name, but I'm throwing a tentative guess out there okay. of Sasha Baron Cohen's character in Talladega Nights. I do not have a better suggestion, so I will, <laughs> I will go with that. I'm a big fan of jazz music. Okay. Jazz flute in particular? This is Will Ferrell. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, my bu- my brother-in-law is a famous hip hop artist. Ooh, That's random. The only French hip hop artist I can name, if the Frenchness is staying in the family, is DJ Shadow. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily have to be a French person that, that that's married into a family. That is true, but I just wanted to say that I know a French hip hop artist. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm dead with it, me. I was the star of a NASCAR video game. I would like a guess, please. Um, I only know of one NASCAR video Yeah, game. I mean, you pay much more attention to both video games and NASCAR there's than been, myself. There's been a load so. of NASCAR video games. Yeah, but um, I, only know, well, I only know of one NASCAR video game, and that was from about 1984. Me mate, I don't know, it's Commodore 64. Oh, NASCAR Heat came out. That was supposed to be quite good, the last one. Um, NASCAR really is the cricket of motorsport, isn't it? <laughs> well, it lasts forever. Yeah, no, but some people fucking love it. Mm. And then everybody else just looks at it and goes like, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. Um... I, I feel this is not going to be one that I know, yeah. regardless of what other clues come out. I'm, I'm, I'm going to. Dale Earnhardt Jr., he's bound to have a NASCAR video game. Why not? He was commentating on the Indy last he night. He was. I caused one of the worst accidents in NASCAR history. For it to be one of the worst accidents in NASCAR say, history. Bad is good, is it not? That, <laughs> that must involve at least 60 cars. Mm. Because when NASCAR has a crash, it looks like the last 20 minutes of the Blues Brothers. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, keep going. No, I, yeah, my NASCAR knowledge is very minimal. I am openly gay. It is. I can't remember the character's name, but it's um, the one that Will Ferrell played in uh, Talladega Nights. You do realise that homosexuals are real people as well. Yes. All right, okay. <laughs> but his character in that was openly gay. Was he? Yeah. And that's I've, why, I've never seen it. And that's why NASCAR hated him. That makes maybe sense. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've, I've seen it, but I don't remember it. Uh, no, I've never seen it. I'm unemployed at the moment. I have, I've earned my 75% complete Netflix badge. I'm nearly onto the Korean section. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I am desperately hanging on for the new series of Black Mirror next week. <laughs> Sorry, I made the mistake of opening and um, I I made the mistake of opening my messages, and I'm going to tell you now because you're going to find it funny. A certain drummer on the Isle of Man has is doing a drum clinic, (laughs) and uh, my friend who's a bass player just turned around and said, "Do you fucking fancy this? I will pay for you." Um, I once lost a race, uh, but <laughs> I once lost a race by a glove and was disqualified later, giving the, uh, giving one driver his first career win. 
I don't even understand that. And I read it right. I think you have to watch the film to know what that means. And I think I do. And I think it, I think it is. Uh, my two life goals are to raise a Komodo dragon in Sri Lanka and to have been to be beaten by the only driver in the world who is better than me if he indeed exists. Yeah, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm still. That's number ten. That's I, need, number 10. I need a guess. Right, I can't remember the character's name. That is no good for this quiz. No, but. It was the character played by Sasha Baron Cohen in. Right. Are you sure? Because you've been saying Will Ferrell for the last few. Uh, that, was a, that, that was if a it is, if it is indeed this character, I would because Sasha Baron Cohen is nowhere on this. Right. I I want at least a name. I can't. It's, it's been a long time since I've seen that film, <sighs> and I can't remember the character's name. But he was in Talladega Nights, and I can't accept it. I think we need we need to put this to a Twitter vote. No, no, because it's my <laughs> quiz. I can't accept it. I want a name. I want a name of the guy. Uh, Frenchie. <laughs> he didn't win. I Cody Piscatelli. I still don't know if that's what you're saying. Or I have no idea. <laughs> I am going to have to do some googling. Oh no! Sorry, hey, what? Oh, hmm. oh what, what's happening here? There is confused expressions. Was oh, that his name? Uh, Cody Piscatelli is the guy yeah, that sent so the quiz in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Gene. You might be. You might be still right though. Gene Gerard. Uh, this feels like an anticlimax to the quiz. <laughs> Does feel like an anticlimax. Maybe it on Google. Uh, what was nice is that he spelled his surname phonetically for me. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it, yeah, it was Sasha Baron's Cohen char- Sasha Baron Cohen's character in Talladega Nights. You might as well have the points. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that's as close, that's as close as I can get. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that one, Cody. Yeah, I, I know that is now he's he regular, regular tweetist and Instagramist. Yeah. Cheers, matey. So, how do you get a total shunt in? Tweet me at a total shunt. Uh, yeah, do it in a little message, and I'll, I'll, I'll do it. And if you want to get a hold of the rest of us, you can get our show account at Three Legs Four Wheels. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to want to get us individually, I am at Pablo One Hundred. Uh, I'm at Sean Cowper. Chris is at Flood Twenty One. Dan is at Dan Dankleton on a bike. Yeah. <laughs> Um, old school types can email us three legs four wheels at gmail.com mm-hmm. and uh, just got a plug in now for the extra Patreon show um, if you subscribe to us on Patreon patreon.com slash three legs four wheels sign up from as little as a dollar a month you get an extra podcast which we did tonight about various things and um, a couple of exclusives as well because we did mention an exclusive something for our patrons what they are going to get first which is different to the other thing that the patrons are going to get first next week Yes. There's one last thing to do, and Lee, you have to do that putting a marker on trick, what I taught you earlier. Marker trick. Um, Because I'm doing the Formula Lee as a drop-in. Yep. And here indeed it is. Although it's a bit of a tricky one this week because we didn't get all the Xbox times in. So if you play on Xbox One and you want to send your time through to us to get on here, if you're not in the top 20... Please let me know, and I can adjust it on the website. In the meantime, though, it was Monaco in the dry in a Red Bull, 
And the top 20 times were, starting with 20th place with a time of 111.080, Brooks to Gear. 19th was Ross Barrow. 18th, Ken Lauderback. 17th was Josh McCarthy. 16th was Joe Marsh. 15th was Veitcher Camping. 14th, Marcel Streak. 13th was Nicholas Newlin. 12th was Ryan Lauderback. 11th, James Holman. On to the top 10. 10th place with a time of 110.067 was Rob McLowan. In 9th was Adam Smith. 8th was Kyle Armstrong. 7th was Alberto Rolden. 6th was Michael J. Kello. 5th was Julian McMahon-Hyde. 4th, Ben Raguska. And the top 3. 3rd place with 109.470 was Alessandro Popolani. In second place, with 108.945, was Ricky Worrell. And winning again with a time of 108.578 was Chris Olby. Need a challenge for Canada. And this one is going to be in the dry. And I think we need something Canadian appropriate for the Montreal Challenge. And, uh, well, seeing as they speak French in Canada, we're going to do it in a Renault. So you've got until the Monday after the Canadian Grand Prix to get your times into us. You know how to do that. And uh, finish the drop-in now. Back to back with another jump cut. I'll sort it out. Yeah, We yeah. know it's near the end. We know it's near the end. I'll edit, I'll, I'll edit bits of this out, or maybe I won't. Um, I think that about does it for this week. Cheers, guys. Thank you very, very much for listening. We'll be back next week. Line up TBC. Mm. Uh, <laughs> thank you for standing in at short notice, Sean. Cause That's all right. It was a sort of... Slightly knackered message from Dan this <laughs> afternoon saying just cycled up a hill. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll be back next week. We will have a preview of Canada and God knows what's going to happen between now and then. Stuff in that. Yeah, that'll mm. do. See you next week. Bye bye. Bye bye.